Welcome to Shakespeare, the podcast that bridges the gap between you and all things Shakespeare. I'm Chloe Baldwin, our professional actor and resident Shakespeare nerd who thinks that Shakespeare, when done well, should be able to be accessible to anyone. I'm Paul Stafford, our skeptical outsider, who is going to decide for himself if he thinks it's true. And today, we're breaking down uh, a super heavy play. It is the 2013 National Theater production of Othello, directed by... Robin Lowe. Yeah. And, um, man, I think, I think me and Chloe specifically have a, have a history with this play and like have, you know, connected over our conversations about it, you know, in, in, in the past when we first met each other. We do. It's specifically the reason we first started talking about Shakespeare and kind of having these conversations that turned into us talking about this and turned into this podcast, really. Yeah. And, and I had trouble at that time I had trouble like differentiating whether I was just had trouble understanding Shakespeare or was or whether Othello was a problematic play. And now I feel comfortable saying Othello is just a problematic play. I feel like at the time, the conversation we were having was like, I I think the main tenet of it was you were like, oh, Othello's actions don't really make sense. And it was me trying to be like, no, they do if you look at them this way. And I feel like we both got on that level of like, oh, it makes sense why Othello did all these things. But I think now we're at this deeper question of like, why are we doing this play, and why does this story need to be told, and like, wh- why? I, I I slightly disagree with that. I never got on the board where that I thought it made sense that that Othello did what he did all the way through the play. But I did have a easier time empathizing with him, given mm-hmm. more context or given more clarity over like why other people were doing what they're doing, or or like what the general context of the play was. And so like that was our avenue into like discussing Shakespeare together but come to find out after doing it for longer for all, all throughout our, our since we've known each other and then also through doing this podcast today we have like a more of a platform and a, a like a a, a a base of to in a and a good we, production we have a good amount of tool tools to talk about it with each other now yeah and still I'm like this production was amazing and I still feel the same way I felt about it and right like, like so, I think I have a higher resolution of what and uh, of like the of the realism that that can exist within all some of the, a lot of these circumstances. But I still find myself being mad at the same characters for the same reasons. Yeah, I think the the place I'm at right now is like I definitely want to question you about some of the things that you're feeling like you're not clicking into or that like don't make sense in the play. But I'm I'm at a similar place as you are right now that I didn't expect to be at after watching this where I'm just I feel uncomfortable is a small word to describe what I'm feeling right now. It's like I feel like I I feel like there's almost something I can latch onto and then it slips out of my fingers. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like uh I don't know, maybe maybe a sense of distrust with this play right now, or like a sense of like I'm like, I just I don't know. Like I, this was a great production, and I feel like I don't I don't know what to do, or I don't know which direction to steer it. Usually with a production, I'm like, well, they should have gone in this direction, or they should have done this, and I'm like, I don't know where this play wants to <laughs> land or why. Yeah. So I'm I'm especially interested to break it down with you because of that, but I'm I'm definitely feeling like I don't know where we're gonna land on yeah. it, or like, if like, we're like, gonna land like on it. Like you don't have a lot of like you're not on solid ground with how you feel about it and like no. why. And usually yeah. I am, even with Taming of the Shrew, we went into it and I was yeah. like, I don't know where I'm gonna land on this, and then I was like, <laughs> I love it. And now now we went into it and I was like, 
this play, this play's great. And we went into it and now I'm like, oh. <laughs> That's funny. And I, I feel like I, I don't know if you were feeling exactly this way that I'm about to describe, but like, mm-hmm. I feel like I've done that. Like, I really like this thing. And then as soon as I show someone all the flaws of, in it and the, and like, I suddenly am reevaluating because someone is sitting next to me watching it that I know hasn't seen it before. So it's like, almost like I was focused on the smaller questions of it. Like, like, could a person manipulate another person to this point? And yeah. I think the answer to me, and we could talk about this, is yes. But I think the bigger questions are now what I'm looking at. Now that we've gotten past those questions a little bit, to some degree, or at least I feel satisfied in my own answers for those. And now I'm asking myself the question of, like, why are we telling this story? And what was Shakespeare intending with the story? And do I trust that? And I think the answer is, I don't know if I trust it. And yeah. usually I do. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we we we're we were struggling with. So we just watched this pod, uh, a production earlier today, and it and it shook us so much, and we were so unsure of what we thought and why that we were like, maybe we should like do some more research and like find different points of view about it. And we watched I texted a few videos. my mentor, yeah, my, like, like my Shakespeare <laughs> mentor from college, who I freaking love. We're like, do we need to be like responsible with this? But then we like we talked about it again, and we're like, that is part of the conceit of this podcast is like how much does art need to come to you and i don't feel like like i think if you do a play or if you do a piece of art it should stand on its own enough to where you have the tools to understand it at least on on the uh, like enough to to you know have an opinion about it or talk about it if you have to do go do uh like a, a history paper on it before you understand it i feel like it, it is at least lost relevance and either needs updating or just needs to have the caveat that it needs to, a, a, com- a, com- a com- piece of companion prose to understand it. And so I think I would add the other caveat that like, you know, if if there's something we're missing about this play that like, you know, someone else could add context to or even just like a good director could make a decision about for production. Like I would like to see that production, but this production specifically I didn't. Yes, I didn't walk away with it going. This is the answer to a fellow. <laughs> you're, you're you're leaving the door open to that. There is something that it was trying to say that we just missed it. So it's very I, possible. I, I was yes. I was I was taking it for granted that we were looking real hard and we had tried to attack it from as many angles as we could and we still couldn't find something. Yes. So I almost so feel assuming, like there were too many possibilities. Assuming, exactly, yeah. That's what I feel too. Yeah. I feel like every time there's the evidence for one thing, there's always some huge piece of evidence that contradicts it. So like. All we're saying is that if there's something this play is saying clearly, or especially that this production is like highlighting, which we felt is an amazing production of this. Agreed. We could not find it. And so or, we're, or we couldn't pin it down. Like yeah. I, I'm walking away with it. Like, you know, just it's, the it's fact, almost about a lot of things. Right. And, and the other thing, too, is that I'm like, what I'm feeling right now is I feel very affected by this piece of art we just watched. Mm-hmm. Maybe that in and of itself is a good thing. I feel I feel a little bit worried about leaving it leaving it at that and being okay with it. I agree. And because that's I feel why like it's I think super this is going to be a very like offend people and be like it affected you. No, awesome. <laughs> I, I agree with you. And that's why I think this is going to be a very complicated and interesting conversation. But I like I do feel like I don't think there's necessarily inherently a value in that, but I do want to unpack it. Yeah, I agree. I yeah. agree. I agree. Um, it didn't do nothing. <laughs> that's that's, that's something. Nope. The the subtitle the subtitle of this play should be Inception because Iago is just straight up going around planting seeds in people's minds. Should be. It's just like. It, it, <laughs> 
And like I'm just imagining, was, like, I'm just imagining Othello and uh, Desdemona like on a train tracks, and he's like, "Why?" And she's like, "Cause you'll be together." And then oh my they god! Get run over by the train. <laughs> Don't be afraid. Yeah, no, no, no. That, that that's an interesting I, movie it, too. It, it, you know, maybe why the, that movie? That's a whole other. I, I, I said I said Inception just because yeah, I wasn't planning. Ideas no, I just mean brains. why that movie? Why did we tell that movie, Christopher? <laughs> um, but, I, oh, don't get me started. I love Inception. I know Inception is great. I, I, was, I was gonna say that it, what made me think about that is because when Iago was like, "I am not what I am," I'm like, "Are you in, in Inception right now?" Oh my god! <laughs> no, everyone else is. He's he's freaking Leonardo DiCaprio, exactly. and everyone else is getting implanted. <laughs> this is hilarious. Yeah, but okay, so. <sighs> Leaving aside what we think this play is trying to tell the audience, mm-hmm. let's just talk about the difficulty in accomplishing the motivations of each character. Yes. I, this is the hardest part I had initially seeing this play, not today, but in my life. Right. Like like the pitch of this play is like, you know, a, a, a revered general is... is is manipulated and led to killing his wife by his... By his um, Ensign. Subordinate. Yeah, and uh, I'm like, that's ridiculous. Like, what are you gonna fool, trick me, and like, like, in killing my wife? And like, when I saw the play on on its on its face, I not knowing enough about Shakespeare, maybe the production I saw was lacking in a little bit of clarity, maybe a lot of different things. When I first saw this a couple of times, like, I'm just like, this is just as dumb as I thought it would, and it just makes me mad and sad. Mm-hmm. And the more, and then when we first like had our fur or joined, um. Uh, experience with this play was that I was that it was it, when we first met I the college I was attending was hosting a Shakespeare company yeah that you were interning for or and that's you were, how we met I'm calling you intern but you were a cast member of yeah um, yeah like an apprentice acty kind yeah. of thing yeah and so yeah. I was part doing part of the production team so I saw this play fucking 12 times yeah and I, I would be backstage like you know wearing my like <laughs> prostitute <laughs> costume getting ready to go on for this like scene where all the like prostitutes are in the background and he'd be texting me like why did Iago do that <laughs> like, why is Othello listening to him? And I'd be like, I know, like, there's a couple little pieces that I think are being a little, like, glossed over. Like, they, like, if you really listen to this one line, maybe, like, it'll help you hook into, like, what the play is trying to say. Yeah. But, like, I was like, I can see why you're missing some of the things. Because, you know, there was, there was a lot going on behind the scenes that uh, muddied some of what was happening in that production, I think. Yeah, so, like, so me me and you, like, as we first met, you're like, Shakespeare's amazing. Everything's about Shakespeare's amazing. And I'm like... <laughs> I don't know. And like, that's how these conversations started. Cause you were, had all the energy in the world and, and the, and the, the, like, uh, I was going to say like the scholarly background, like, or like the, the experience background to yeah. convince me. And I was analytical and critical, but also open to being convinced. Right. So like these, do- the, the floodgates open and then the conversations just started and started. And as every night when I thought I understood more, like the first couple productions, it was just me just trying to figure out what What's was happening. happening. Right. And then we started to like, the why started to sink in. I started to ask more questions. And then the mo- I saw that play. Oh, they did that scene a lot clearer this night than that night. And like, all these different things. And by the, you know, 12th time, I felt like, oh, I'm a fucking Othello scholar. Or, you yeah. know, like, or like, I understand enough to ask the, the questions. And I, and I felt a little bit more emboldened in my analysis that it's not just some, you know, like super high level um, words that are above my head. I'm like, every time I ask questions, you're like, I know those are good questions. And they, they, we should be make, make, making that clear. And we should they be are, doing right. that. So like, you helped me like have a little bit more, you know, like confidence in the things that I was asking about. And so yeah. that kind of like led to two years later. Now we're doing a fucking podcast. Hey. 
So, um, and I was like, oh my god, he's interested in asking questions about Shakespeare. That's hot. <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyway, like we said earlier, like at first that was just our building our paths or our avenues into talking about Shakespeare. But like it, it just so happened that we started off talking about a very difficult one to talk about. Yes. And so like we started at like AP Shakespeare pretty much. Yeah. Like, and now I, I feel like we're circling back to it and like we've covered all the ground level stuff. Like I think, you know, we're both very much on the same page about like what happens in the play and like what the important things are about like gender and race and war and all that stuff and, and how that influences the characters. But now we're a little deeper and now we can ask some of the harder questions. Yeah. I, I assumed like, like a, like a lot of these plays and a lot of other art I've experienced in my life that like, once I knew more about it, it would become clearer and my opinions would shift accordingly. Mm -hmm. I feel like I have a, th a thousand times more resolution on like why and like how it's plausible and possible that these characters might do what they do. And I still have a lot of the same emotions. And so that's this is that's a kind of like a an interesting aspect. Of I this think that's play. good. And I think that that means that the emotions that you're having are very true. You know, that they're very that they're that something about it is like hitting you in the same kind of truthful way that it was before. And, and that's something deeper that we can grapple with. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. I'll yeah. we'll get into it. I mean, I'm not saying that it's a good play. I'm, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anymore. So yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I feel like we could just stop and stay on the overarching, like, you know, how do we find a Cause we can't find a conclusion. Like, and, and we talk about the, the bigger, broader concepts of the play, but I want to get into it. And then like, hopefully like we, we can we can redraw that re re carve or like yeah you know, that rabbit hole I know what you mean and then people can follow us to the place that we got totally and we'll see how that goes let's do it yeah so like I wrote down like a list of things because we felt we, we feel like like we said before like Shakespeare is like a high wire act like sometimes if you don't set up all the right things all these problems will compound and then like none of these things will make sense right. and we, which I, I described it recently as like a Rube Goldberg machine <laughs> honestly and, like when you said that a lot of things clicked into place for me yeah. and it's just i mean it was it was something that i had felt but i didn't know quite how to articulate and a rube goldberg machine is perfect because it did i say rube gold rube Lold rube Lodberg. um because everything needs to feed into the next thing and if you lose one of these dominoes if you lose one of these little pieces it's like the rest of it just doesn't fall down in the right way I agree. That's what it feels like to me, especially yeah. for these characters that are doing these m most insane things. And again, seeing themselves as taking the measured option or like, yeah. or like the most likely or like, you know, yeah. like the most reasonable option. Yeah. You have to like, it's almost like you're, <laughs> you're making a maze and you have to make one of the options so unappealing or one of the options so appealing that that character has to go down that path. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're you you are you are putting so much pressure on all the paths not to take that you're creating the path of least resistance. Right. Which is the thing that I'm saying. So is that resonates with the universe. I always use these like big fucking huge terms that are like sound like I'm trying to be deep, but like that's what I mean. Like truth, like 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 the I'm I'm scared to like go into this deep rabbit hole now, but like like if we're depicting realism in a fictional story and we're showing what would happen where like you know that's kind of like if you're not doing like something that's fantasy or even fantasy you like you're even game of thrones you're you're like injecting a fictional element into how it would play out in real life so like like it has to ring true with what 
could or would be analyzed and valued yeah. in, in humans. Yeah, and I feel like that especially is what we were talking about when we were first having conversations about this play, which was like, yeah, like can I, you set up the maze? How would someone do that? Like, how do you set truthfully? up the maze to make it so that the characters go down that path? Because mm. right now it seems like, well, why doesn't Desdemona just talk to her husband? Why doesn't Othello just talk to Desdemona? Yeah. Why doesn't Amelia just yeah. tell her about the handkerchief? Like, yeah. what? How do you set it up to make the path of least resistance? The, the actions this that crazy happen in the shit. play, yeah. right, right, and so everything else has to be heightened and clear too. Yeah. So. So I, I I started I found myself needing to write down a list of things that you needed to set up in order for this thing to happen because that it would be, and and it, the it's the list is surprisingly long and it and it's fucking hard. Yeah. But this play did it. I we're like we're, they did. That's the weird part about this is that we thought everybody did an amazing job and we're like. And we still are not happy. Maybe we just don't like the play. Or maybe it's just like uncomfortably tragic. Like we did talk about, we compared this play to, to Romeo Rome, and yeah. Juliet. And Romeo and Juliet is a clean tragedy, which sounds sad or sounds uh, cynical. But it's all about like the wrong timing and the wrong place at the wrong time and all of those there's no of There's no absolute villains in Romeo and Juliet. Right. I, Iago is clearly a, a, a through and through like demon like yes, devil exactly and 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 to me specifically even though he was manipulated the choices othello make i find othello a uh, distasteful and villainous right but i feel like that's because so in romeo and juliet everybody makes the best choice available to them with the circumstances that they have and there's more of a question mark especially with othello like did he really make the best choice with yeah. the circumstance no, he had? Yeah, I mean, as, as excluding like excluding the the excluding suicide because you know like certain religious beliefs may find suicide to be morally reprehensible, mm -hmm. but like ex excluding suicide, the morally there's nobody makes like things people do are morally questionable because Romeo is like in a fight with another person mm -hmm. that is also has equal like cause to fight him and it's like it's a fight so it's like it's like a fair gamble like a fight is right. considered like it's not like a, a murder of somebody who has no ability to fight back like right. that doesn't happen to Romeo and Juliet and so like we have a, a, a slightly easier time weeding through like who we like and why and what we can forgive and all these different things mm -hmm. not that it's easy but it's I feel like it's in a different class than Othello yeah so that is the thing we're grappling with with Othello. <laughs> like, you know, if he's manipulated, how much like like that's what I'm that's what I'm right. saying. And the other like, thing with Romeo and Juliet, too, is like even though they end up like killing themselves, they're kids like they're 14 and 16. And, and when we were going through that play, a lot of what we were saying was like the thing we keep forgetting is they're teenagers. They're they're kids. They're stuck. They feel alone. Like all of this stuff that like is put on them that we wouldn't expect a 14 year old to have to deal with True. with Othello he's like definitely an adult yeah so we we he have to a, grapple with a, a little long, bit a long time leader of men right we have to grapple with a little bit more not a little bit more a lot more responsibility on his part and what does that mean and how does that inform our opinion of him exactly and so the, and that's what I was saying when like we, we were talking about this before and I was like I don't think it's excusable or like you know um or I can't I haven't forgiven him for that and, and you're like, it's not about excusing, but like, but yet we keep talking about it in the vein of that he was manipulated. And if someone is manipulated completely, that implies excuse, an, ex an excuse of responsibility. And so that's the part that like we have to parse out and like, and like draw a line somewhere. 
I don't know. Does it though? If, like, if, if someone's if manipulated, I, do do we a hundred? Like, if if, if I say so and so is manipulated, does I'm, it excuse everything they I'm do? I'm saying manipulation and responsibility are mutually exclusive, and they're and you they're, think? I don't yes, think so. Yes, I mean you can be there. There you can be not completely manipulated. You can be like pushed, in, but if I am completely manipulated, then I don't have any responsibility, and so. The question is, how manipulated was he? Like what? And right. what? Like how many things was he just given a choice? And how many things? Like nobody held a gun to his head. Nobody made him do those things. We keep we keep zooming out again and like getting yeah. to the conclusion. So like let's let's yeah I'm, I'm read try the to... list. I'm really curious about that. Okay, so what some of the things that uh, I'm, I'm I'm comparing my past experiences with Othello to this production, mm-hmm. and this production did all these things, and I'm like, wow, I didn't get that. That wasn't clear to me in the other productions, right? This which wasn't sets clear up to me. The actions making sense, and it was clear to me here. Yeah. So, if you don't set up Iago's hate for Cassio and Othello, uh-huh. and, uh huh, and Othello's love with Desdemona, why? they're in love and how they're in love and i and i say that specifically because you a play can just say we're in love and they, they're happy to see each other and shit all the time but the biggest argument and the biggest thing people will ask themselves is if he's so in love with her why the fuck did he kill her so like i know she cheated on him but like a lot of people including myself might call into question what is love and is that love and all these different things so like but it's more compelling of a story if he has like a real um, uh, relatable reason for loving her. Yeah. So I'm saying setting up Othello's love is important, and I would argue based on this production, it's there in the text. Right. You can, you can do it. Right. Um, Othello's state of mind, like his state, like his, his... And we should be specific, too. Like, one of the big reasons that we are able to see the setup for him loving her is that big speech that he has in the in the meeting scene with the Duke like and everybody. the boardroom scene. Yeah, yeah, it's like the... In, in this production, it's, it's boardroom. a boardroom Usually and it's, like it's in court. modern military... And, and a lot of different times you can like you can probably see it in the in the time that it was meant. Yes. Like in in, you know, Venice, like honestly, Machiavellian kind of scenario. Right. But in in this version, it's it's him talking about like, you know, I was at her house, like her at her dad's house. And I was telling about all the the trials basically I've had to endure in my life and all the trauma and all the things I've been through. Yeah. yeah well, I, I will get into how they set it up. I'm just making the list right now. I see. Yeah. OK. So Othello's. Um, love with Desdemona, with which what we're gonna do. Um, uh-huh. His his state of mind, which would be like the the plight of being a black person in this time, and and how it, his level is, how his position is one of reluctant reverence from everybody else. Mm-hmm. Like everyone else seems to like him, but there's a lot of things that other characters do that make it clear that him being a black person is like a slight against him, and he has to climb out of that. Right. They like him for his utility in the war. Yeah. Like it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a starting out negative, and he has to be that much better just to reach the same level as everybody else. Right. Um, so, yeah, I put state slash race. Um, Cassio's desperate need for honor. Like, you know, like... Th- so these things, like, if, if we set them up right, it will inform and make... R- reasonable the things that they choose to do and these are the things that weren't clear to me and the other things uh, productions that i've watched so like it may be clear to some of the listeners but i'm saying these are the things that have not been clear that to need me. to we, be made clear in order for the exactly. play to make sense yeah so cassio's like like identity being revolving completely around honor mm-hmm. um and then also <laughs> i wrote at the very end where amelia's head is at because i'm mad at amelia and I was waiting to be shown that she had like a a a, a reasonable or a logical or emotionally clear reason for doing what she did. But like, there's a couple of re- times where like 
why didn't she just say this thing? Why didn't she just clear it up right now? Why is she holding back? And it really made me mad. And I was like mad at Amelia. So those that's that's the list. That's the list of things that I think it's important for the play to set up. The list goes on to show like what I think is important for an audience member to know or what I think would be helpful for an audience member to know. One of those is that, like, again, if you're going to watch this play and you've never seen it before, Amelia is Iago's wife. And I, I don't think that would be clear unless I knew that because he seems to hate her. Yeah. He seems to just, like, not like her at all. And, like, until they had the scene where he where she gives him the handkerchief, I don't think it would have been clear that they're married. Right. Which is fucking funny. <laughs> you like, I, w- I would be curious. You know how, like, there's that... So, Othello and... Desdemona arrive in um in the port and they're like they're like kissing especially in this one they're like oh, I'm so happy to see you I missed you so much I'd be so excited to see a production where Amelia goes up to Iago and is like trying to have the same moment with him and he's like get away <laughs> like I feel like that would super clarify I that. agree that would be funny too yeah yeah that would be great and then the fallout from that would be dope and the, the last two things I have is like just maybe like a, a couple things about military ranking structure because there's a couple of things about like Iago's mad about not being promoted mm-hmm. so like there's that and then like so when they say ensign or or lieutenant like that's what that means um maybe so not ensign, so just for all of our you know very nerdy less military uh knowledgeable people out there like me um ensign, ensign is lower and then lieutenant is above that and then general's above that so Othello's a general Cassio's a lieutenant uh Iago's uh an ensign mm-hmm yeah, may, and, 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 yeah, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you don't really need to know that. But like, I think you do. It's just, it's just like a logistical aspect that is the reason that Iago points to for being mad. So I like, remember like first looking at this play and being like, "Why is he? Why is Iago so mad? He's an ensign. That sounds dope." <laughs> <laughs> and the last thing I said was, I, I think I wrote it down again, but like I wrote, <laughs> "Othello was dramatized, not only for being a soldier, but like his entire life." Yes. And so like I think I I would make the argument that that Othello is somebody who is like emotionally crippled if not or or maybe emotionally stunted like because he he built himself into the person he had to be to survive yeah. and that carried him through to a, a moment now where all of his emotional like hopes or baggage or just like his first attempts is like hung on Desdemona but he has the power and the and the sensibilities of a of a of a war you know seasoned war general <laughs> so like his actions might you know what i mean like imagine right, like imagine, general imagine the, the emotional state of like of a teen right, with, general with the, the streets, power of a general romeo in the sheets like <laughs> like doesn't like in his real life is very capable of being a leader and being an adult hero basically and but in his personal life is just like he's experiencing his first love and i and i and i could make that argument but i feel like there's there's something about the like the scene in the some of the scenes in the beginning that contradict that but we'll get into that so anyway Mm. i think we can like start the play now yeah i I think i think we can i think we've given a general idea of all the things we're grappling with yeah and now we can get into them yeah and i think um i think all these things will come back up as we go through it yeah but whoa it was, it was, and it wasn't even like, I was entertained like watching this. Like I wasn't, I'm glad I felt good about it. I felt it was a great production. I felt, it was yeah. definitely the best production I've ever seen of a in fr- sure. from the first scene. Yeah. And I really loved it. And yeah, all the, all the performances were great. And we were just, I felt, I, we found ourselves feeling things that like, should I feel these things from a play that I like that I'm supposed to like? So, mm. oh, that's anyway. a big question. Anyway. 
And it's not just being uncomfortable. I've been uncomfortable before. Yeah. But I'm like, ah, we still can't. We still can't quite yeah. figure it out. I feel like that too. Could you repeat the feeling? Ah. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it starts off um, with Eminem walking into a rap battle. <laughs> And it just goes. Burr, 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 burr. It really His palms does. Palms are sweaty. Can't breathe. It, arms are heavy. Listen, it sounds exactly. Let's get like her the on the sweaty song. already. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, there's a guitar part. It's like. It's not the exact same yeah. thing, but if you watch this production, you'll see exactly what I mean. Sweaty. Uh, <laughs> uh, and it's oh, it's um, Iago starting off. And he's with Rodrigo, which we haven't been introduced to him introduced to him by name, but he's just Iago complaining to somebody. It's like he's complaining about work. Yeah. At, at, a, at the pub and, afterwards. And clearly they're like at the pub just outside. It was great. It was yeah, so like, smart. You can see everybody else like is just inside the pub and they're like Smoking right outside, which also for me really sets up an like, you know, Iago is like, it's clearly him like separating himself a little bit, but like he feels like an outsider. Like he feels like, you know, like it. He's not in the crowd of people. Mm-hmm. He's just outside. Yeah. Which arguably he's chosen to be there. Yeah. And and with Rodrigo, who's just like at his coattails. Yeah, exactly. Or he's like, you know, just like, he's like yeah, boss. Yeah, whatever you want, boss. Oh, my like, God. Like, he's like. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's he looks like he's like, you know, early 20s. And he's just, just, he's just, he's just looking for someone to look up to. <laughs> what did you call him? Diet Chad? <laughs> <laughs> he's running around with like this collared shirt and like pink pants and oh boat, his boat, bo- shoes. boat shoes with no socks. And I was like. What's going on here? Chad? He just looks like he looks like a rich Chad Junior. He looks like a rich boy who's who does not know what he like. He knows what he wants, but he doesn't know how he does to not do know what he that. wants. He know he's he's just he does. I mean, not truly. He knows what he's feeling in the moment, but yeah. he's, he's emotionally a child. But anyway, that is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um. Should I talk about my plans for Rodrigo in yeah, my you, production? You of might as well. Like you oh might you brought God. it up. So um, I think it would, I think it'd be actually more potent later. But you could keep pinging it. Actually, keep go ahead. Yeah. Well, so uh, I'll I'll just set it up and then we'll talk about it as we talk about Rodrigo throughout this. So in my like ideal production of Othello in my mind, Rodrigo is played by like a sixteen-year-old boy who like because to me it's just it's that that relationship between Iago and Rodrigo is all about like someone who is not good, who is really evil, teaching a young man about his ideas of masculinity and his, you know, his way of going about things and and this very impressionable young man buying into it. And, you know, not just masculinity, but like, you know, especially sexuality and like, you know, how to court someone and what that means and like what you can expect from someone and, and especially like, you know, him thinking, you know, because I like Desdemona, I deserve to be with her and I should do whatever it takes to get her because that's what men do, like that kind of thing. And I, it, it just rings very immature to me, like you're saying. And yeah. I and I think that that, if, if he's 16, that makes us feel for him as the audience. Like, yeah. because he he doesn't have the age and the wisdom and the, the not authority, the the perspective to, to see beyond that like essentially Iago for what he is right and also and also like the emotional like agency to like realize that this is not a good relationship for him exactly essentially he's you know a a slightly darker universe version of Romeo if instead (laughs) of having Friar Lawrence to be like hey slow down think about some things realize your life is bigger than just this if it's someone going like 
fuck that. Put money in your purse. Follow me across halfway across the world. <laughs> Kill that guy, and you'll get the girl you want. Like those yeah. people that do those like online video courses that yeah. are like, that's how you get the girl, and you should neg her. Like all that stuff. <laughs> like he's that guy. To yeah, Rodrigo. Iago, not Iago, Rodrigo is always played as like an emotionally and probably intellectually stunted adult. Mm-hmm. And what you're saying is that that would just fit better if it was just a normal teen. Yes. And like, uh, not that teens are stupid, but yeah, no, they, but they lack world, they lack real world experience and like, yeah, which, and if which you're still trying to figure true. something out and looking for a role model and that's your role model, yes. you're it, screwed. It, it's, it's the natural place of a lot of people who are in that, that age group. Totally. As opposed to an unnatural dolt that we're giving to this adult character. Exactly. So I agree like, with that. I've, I saw, like, I've seen him played by like a 45 year old man and I was like, why? I was like, I would much rather see this it, played by a 16 year old yeah, boy. It, yeah. It, it, it looks like... <laughs> Yeah, I don't, yeah, it feels more like like Iago is like manipulating somebody who has like might have a disability <laughs> than it than it does right, like somebody it, who has it, no agency or like some, yeah, yeah or like somebody who's like a, like I'll just say who's emotionally and intellectually stunted right for some reason or another right. or is just what it feels emotionally like. in intellectually young yeah whatever same thing yeah. like like anyway so that's that's that um what was I gonna say about Iago. I can't remember I had another point about Rodrigo. Oh, Rodrigo is an example of somebody who was completely manipulated. Yes. I'm saying Othello was not that. Interesting. And I don't think, I do not hold Rodrigo irresponsible for like his attempted murder as much as I do about Othello. Yeah. Because Rodrigo, I do hold him responsible, but like like less so because uh-huh. because of the fact that he was still like, maybe this is just the way things work. He wasn't like sure. Like he was like, maybe this is the way things work. Maybe I need to do this. Like maybe to get the girl. I, I like you know he's he he doesn't have enough experience, and I I consider that like a higher degree of manipulation. And I think again that changes how much I, I think that pushes the 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 more I allow my allow the or more that I, I I perceive the manipulation to go that shrinks that shrinks the uh, responsibility. Yeah, and so I'm, that's why I'm saying they're mutually exclusive. Like w- more of one equals less of the other. That's interesting. I I feel like. I think I definitely agree with you that like Rodrigo feels way less culpable, but I also like Othello has a ton of experience and is very matured in his leadership capabilities in his like, you know, the, the kind of outward less domestic areas of his life. Like he's very mature in that respect. But like I said, like the, uh, from everything the play points us to, like this is his first relationship or like this is his first love. You know, you know what I feel like. Huh. Um, I feel like what you're about. You're because uh, I'm sorry. I, I'm sl- I'm I'm going something. I'm going very parallel to what you're saying right sure. now. Sure. And but I think it's exactly the point we're getting at. Yeah. And you were saying, is there a a a a, a perfect set of circumstances that could lead anyone, however virtuous, into this dark hole that Othello fell into? Mm. And I think if the answer is yes, then you're arguing that humans don't have free will. If there's a set of circumstances that can do that, then that eliminates choice. And that's, I know that that's much bigger than this play. That's like a more like fundamental question about like human, the human nature. I mean, I nature. think that's part of what makes us so uncomfortable but, about this but play. I, yeah. And so like maybe the answer is yes, but I just, I don't know. Like I, I, I I'm not sure. I, I think that's why we're having such a trouble answering it because nobody has been able to answer this question at the moment. Right. 
Like, no, the, 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 the jury is out whether humans don't have free will or not. <laughs> like, so I guess that's part of the reason why it's hard to, like, find evidence in, like, a, in like a, <laughs> a concrete answer to this. Anyway, did I, did I, I look at your eyes are so wide looking They're at me right so now. so wide. <laughs> is, is, did I do okay? Like, as far as, like. That's the perfect question to ask that's, about this but that, play. But that's, yeah. the, that's the point you were getting at, right? Like, you were about kind to. Kind of. You are about to get at, like, Bacillus manipulation is what you are getting at. Yeah, I don't quite remember what I was going to say, because now I'm just thinking about, like, because I think that is what this play is about, is, like, you know, are we 100% culpable for our actions? Is manipulation something that we can just, like, be like, well, I was totally manipulated, that's it, you know? Or, yeah, I don't, I'm not on that and, and I think that also speaks to what you were saying before about, like, Iago's, like, because what you were saying at one point today was, like, Iago doesn't feel like a character that could exist. Like someone that perfectly Ugh. understands everybody's m- motivations and can manipulate them perfectly. I- Iago seemed, I have, there are sociopaths. Iago's a sociopath. Mm-hmm. There are people who have these motivations that are completely selfish and, and have no remorse or regret for the damage they cause. Yes. In that sense, Iago is not necessarily unique, but he was supernaturally competent in, in, in speaking to the, the, the deepest desires of people's hearts and, and, and teasing out their most malicious possible circ- like, like um, uh, motivations. And the, it's just it, like, I, I called him the snake in Eden when we yeah. were, when we were talking about it. and then, and like that sense, I feel like that was the, that was Shakespeare taking Liberty with like what he could do with the pen. If he had the time and the thought process to like, think out the most poetic and, and perfect thing to say to, get all these people to do all these things Mm -hmm. and having this master plan like you know like someone who's like acting passionately uh, based on their like their jealousy or their rage i i just don't it doesn't feel true to me that they could be the perfect actor and and so calm and so patient and so collected to play this this deep chess game and making all these people do the right do these things at the right time again sociopaths exist and they do terrible things without blinking an eye but like i think he was just supernaturally competent and being able to do this and it doesn't and, and that's 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 my my two my sense of it mm-hmm. so <laughs> so I, I i'm just trying to figure out like maybe so maybe what iago like represents is like just circumstance and like the the dark side of circumstance that drives us to do things so maybe the point is we don't have free will I don't know. I think that's like I think that's stretching it a lot. I I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like I don't think it's cl- the play is clearly saying that. I also like I don't know that I think that he's like supernaturally. That's like because I like I think to me. if he's a sociopath, then then he can have that clarity of thought because he's not emotionally clouded like most of us are. Well, how do you? speak to the desire deepest desires of Othello's heart without having the empathy to understand him like I like I feel like the way he teased out Othello's jealousy and 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 insecurity about about a Desdemona was just so like it was art it was it was artistry like he he was like no nah, like what about this and like you know Othello like it was a beautiful scene and a beautiful conversation but like Iago was like oh you know well she's you know I, I can't say what's the truth or not but you know her and in her and uh uh, Cassio been like really good with each other. He's like, oh, but I can't. And like, and he just played every piece so perfectly and walked the tightest of tightest of tightest tightropes to get through all these different things. And it was like, it's like, it is a kind of a wonder to watch somebody do that. 
And that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I like, like, not only was he a sociopath, he was the most skilled at manipulating people that anyone's ever been at mm-hmm. manipulating people. And so that's what I mean. Supernatural. Like he was the Michael Jordan of manipulation. Like, right. Like, right. Like, not only did he not have a conscience, it's that too. So like, he is just the most rare bird <laughs> like, that there ever was. Cool. Maybe he exists. Maybe he's one in a million, and maybe he's in this story. Fine. I, I I'm I'm okay to accept that. But I but I have that that is my sense of him, and and the skill level he's doing. He's not. There's not just Iago's walking around there out there. I don't think that. I think it's possible. I I mean I don't think you're disagreeing with me. Then I I like I said I think it's possible. But extremely, extremely rare. I agree. Yeah. Okay. So we're not saying anything different. Like, okay, cool. As I'm saying, so we're saying like, like, okay, we're a story about people and this person happens to be like the best marksman in the fucking world. But I'm like, we're like, nobody's that good a shooter. Maybe one in a million is. Okay, cool. That's why the story's about them. Exactly. So like, like, fine. He's in here and it's possible. Now we, we keep going. We're going one level up beyond that. Like, then why tell this story what it's about? Yeah. Okay, because because our Iago is our guide through the story, even yeah. though, even though he's not our protagonist. Yeah, we hate him. Um, he sucks. Okay, so we <laughs> we're still on scene one. <laughs> ah. I think we should just rename this podcast Scene One. <laughs> <laughs> so they set this up so perfectly because he, I I had a problem with Iago's hate my whole experience with Othello until this play. Same. Like, I, like while I, it would still, it's still a little bit of a, of a leap to get to what he was willing to do to act on it. But it still like made it so much more clear. And it was like, it, it like the things that he was mad about was an affront to his entire identity, which is like a much more compelling reason to like have this, these, these malicious ten- tendencies. Yeah. So he was mad. Not only that, Ra, um, Cassio, who's younger than him, got promoted above him because he's good at math. Right, is what he says. Right, basically, he went to West Point, and he, now he has like all of these yeah. qualifications, but no real world experience. And Iago has all of this real world experience. Exactly, he, but he, he, he just said, he didn't says, have the benefit of like you know whatever education. He calls his the, he like you know his education, but not experience. He calls it all prattle without practice. So good. I loved it. Um, and he calls him an arithmetician. Yeah, too. yeah. No, he says like, yeah. He says it uh, sarcastically, like, and they promoted him the great arithmetician. Like, oh so, like, yeah, that's gonna and, save you. And, in that, and that's and that's exactly Cassio's like personality the whole time. He's like just like kind of bright eyed. He's clearly way younger than Iago, mm-hmm. and he's just like, I went to college. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, it really is like that. It's fucking funny. Uh, so anyway. Uh, there's that, and then he also is mad that uh, Othello is now got promoted to general, and is like you know, and has done all these things, and he's just, but he's also black, and so like, given any other circumstance, Othello would have a lower station than him in in, in society, and you like had this like you know moment of clarity where you're like now I, I always understood this about Iago but now I can finally explain it yeah. as to where Iago doesn't necessarily hate Othello, but he hates. Othello represents 
all of Iago's shortcomings and frustration in his life, and, he, and Othello is the most convenient target for uh, for Iago's frustration. Right. Not only because he's right there and he's different, but in a way he's most vulnerable to Iago's attacks exactly. because his position is the most precarious because of his race. Exactly. Like like he everybody like him attacking Othello. Everybody like already has like a default position on Iago's side because they're all white. Right. Like the he, again, it's Othello being valued for like he's a really good general like you know well you know yeah, I, like, that I, like I said, I said reluc- reluctant reverence yes is what he the othello's position is exactly which is so unfortunate and also unfortunately still relevant yep <laughs> like, so, so uh iago but he also iago but to, to to like add to that iago's like like twixt my sheets it is said abroad that he's done my office. Like, like it's been a rumor that he has slept with my wife, mm-hmm. even though he's like, I don't know if it's true or not, but I'm going to fucking act like it is true. And on the, on its face, it's kind of like a weak reason to, to like, uh, hate Othello, but, uh, uh, uh amongst the context that, and the, and the, and the position that we just described, it becomes a lot more, um, uh, uh valid. Yeah. Of a, of a reason to like to like pin his 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 like malicious desires on Othello. Right. Exactly. And the other thing, too, is like if we are to assume, which I think we are, that Iago, it's all about Iago. It's not really about Othello. It's about Iago being insecure about his marriage, about his career, about his significance in his own life in the world and then putting it on projecting it onto someone else. Um I think that that's important not only because, like, you know, it 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 helps us clarify what his intentions are, but also like, I've seen, I've I've heard a lot of people talk about like, well, why does Iago really want to fuck with Othello? Like, why does he, why why does he do this? Like, why does he go to these yeah, ends? And that's like, what some I pe- was thinking the some, entire time. Right. This. Some people are like. Well, you know, he didn't realize it was going to go this far. He just wanted to take Othello's job, which I don't think is really true. No. Like he keeps egging it on until Desdemona's dead and his own wife is dead. And um and some people are like, "Oh, well, he's just in love with Othello," based on this one line in Act 2 <laughs> that I do not agree with. But um yeah, like and you know, you could play it that way, but I don't I don't think it helps. Like I I think it 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 just it became like it was always something that I'd thought and known, but it it's just such a a clear way of articulating it that like he is projecting everything that he is dissatisfied in his own life with onto the most convenient and vulnerable target. Yeah. And 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 his his like the way he goes about it is completely indirect and aiming to put the least amount of liability on him, which you know, you can argue is like a Machiavellian like a risk assessment move, but it's also like a cowardly move, yes. which is which is uh, again, which would be which would reinforce his reason for choosing Othello. Yes, and I don't and and because of the way his soliloquy goes and the because of the way he thinks about this and talks about it, I, we he doesn't understand it. He thinks he hates Othello, and I but he but I don't think he really does. Right. Yeah. Just like just like. Like racism, like it has no logical basis. Like yeah. it, it's it's a completely emotional and like and and convenient vehicle for the real motivations of the people who practice it. Yep. Cool. We're we're aligned on that. We did it. <laughs> um. So, Iago now immediately decides this, and we, we've just we've just we've we've tuned into this play. 
soon as like, it, like on this the moment where his his plans start to go into action, in which he he knows that Othello is has married Desdemona mm-hmm. because he meets up with Othello and he's like and Oth- he's he's Othello's right hand man. So Othello's like, "Yo, bro, I got married. Look at the ring. Right, I'm fucking married. I'm happy. It's dope. Bye." And Iago's like, oh, I'm going to go tell her daddy. And so yes. he goes. Rodrigo, come on. Yeah, exactly. He goes, he's like, number two, come on. Rodrigo's like, yeah, boy, I'm coming. <laughs> and so he goes to um, he, um, Desdemona's dad's house. And apparently he's a senator. And so, again, this is the second ping. or It helps the audience know whether Shakespeare knew this was going to te- stand the test of time or not. But, like the the backdrop of racism and like that inherent stress that it puts on that uh Othello is an important factor in in the calculation of of how we assess his actions though it's never like expressly stated mm-hmm. we just have to like perceive all of you know like the the pressure he might be on because he's the only black person amongst amongst the racist white people yep um and one of them is that since Iago tells her dad that she's dating a black guy and it's it's expected that he will be mad at that and he goes to tell the other senators and it's expected that they will be mad at that and so and and then that so like that's that is the while i'm not saying anything that might be obvious like it might not be it might be obvious that that's the case but in case someone's in my shoes like those are your clues yes that that is what's happening right um so he goes to tell him and then the dad is like fucking oh shit Fuck that. Let's go call a meeting with the rest of the senators. Yeah. And they're already there. And you can tell that the other senators don't love Desdemona's dad, which is a, a nice little. It little, was a nice little, little touch. Thing. Yeah. Like the, the they get there and the Duke's like, oh, shame you weren't able to make it to the meeting earlier. You <laughs> just showed up here after they were done with the war meeting. Cool. Perfect. Here you yeah. Are. We, we, we have you like come really with your petty personal squabbles. Exactly. Awesome. We Thanks. Have in, we have important like 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 sta- sta- state matters to, yes. to attend to. And then um, her dad, I mean, uh, Desdemona's dad comes in and Othello's already there. Yeah. And, and he's like, this, this guy done fucking stole my daughter. And they're like, what? Othello, did you? And Othello is just the epitome of grace and mm-hmm. calm and, Centered. And, 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 and just knew this was coming like it's to happen more and more times. And this honestly, with the rest of the play, I feel like it, it kind of vibes with me, but it kind of doesn't like... Like this is a person of decorum and restraint and maturity. So like all these things that we like say that Iago did to him, I'm like, how do we reconcile those two things? Anyway, um, I, I it may be something I'm missing. I'm not saying, but I'm just like it. It does stick out in my mind. Yeah, well, we can talk about that. There's a couple of reasons that cool come to mind. And so and they're like, they basically. But the dad basically accuses Othello of like witchcraft and like trickery and like mind magic. And Othello has to like, in order to, he and he he is now forced to defend himself against this ridiculous accusation, which would not have been valid for, I think, anybody else if they were white. Yeah. So, but he does. He just like, he obliges and he, and he sits down and calmly tells the story of how they fell in love. And it's kind of beautiful. Yeah. And that's something that I don't remember seeing or just remember remembering in the other plays that I've watched. And I don't know why. I, I don't know if they weren't done poorly or if maybe I just hadn't seen it enough times but, yet. Actually, this is a great time to mention. I think that part of the reason is because it's a beautiful Shakespeare speech that's done a lot. 
And so people are like, I have to make these words sound so beautiful. And I don't think that's true all the time, but I think that sometimes people are like, oh, like it's one of the classic speeches. I have to like make it sound good. Mm. And I, I can't remember the name of this actor that played Othello in this production, but he just was so honest and like you could see and it's just as simple as you could see him seeing the images you could see him having these memories I, I think that he'd clearly like you know set this fire in himself about this person that he had in his mind and and uh and it was just very honest and straightforward and it wasn't him like you know you know yelling or like speaking like this like it was yeah. just it was just him being like you know, this is all I have and all I have is my love for this person. And that's the only thing that's going to save me and save us right now. Yeah. Yeah. He was just, it, it's like he forgot they were there and he took himself yeah. back to that place. And it was super beautiful. Like he was like, and and the way, the things that he, the reasons that he describes for them falling in love, like, like, like how could you ever like, I, I can't hold this completely, hold him completely to this because like, why do you love your wife? And like, and then, and then suddenly psychoanalyze the reasons you say for yeah, doing it. Yeah. It's not quite fair, but I mean, you know, this was written for somebody, so I'm gonna go ahead and do it. <laughs> like, he's like, um, she listened to me. Basically, is is really the only thing he said. Like, he basically the he says she listens to me and she and she she cared. And she, emp- and she empathized w- with my plight. And that's and then she loved me for it, and so I love her. Yeah, which which I thought was a little telling. Like I, it felt like he has lived this such horrible and like and like strife filled life that since such such a young age that I think he has had to build himself with these stone walls around his heart, and it, it emotionally stunted him. And like his some just somebody showing him some tenderness in this you know white world that he's trying to make it in was was enough to like melt him and then he but i think it was it, it put a ton of pressure on their relationship and it made his their his trust in her a little bit brittle because yeah. because everything was was hinging on it yeah it's like you when that, you put somebody up on a pedestal like that that's it's never going to come that's me good. extrapolating a little mm-hmm. bit and i'm definitely guessing what's in his head and not really going off of textual um arguments but yeah. like that's what it feels like to me based on what happened and based on what he said. Yeah, I agree. Um, also to speak to that, like that thing of like, oh, this is the the first love kind of feeling like this is somewhere where he's less experienced there. There's this moment that I loved, especially in the way he played it in this production where, uh, you know, he's like talking about like, oh, she said, oh, if you had a friend who might like. <laughs> you know, have a same story. I might be in love with him or whatever. And he was like, kind of like laughing and blushing about that. Like yeah. that, that they, like, I took that they had this hint cute li- yeah, and, I, exactly. and I went ahead and like they asked had this, her like, to marry cute me. Little flirting thing. And, uh, and it just, it feels very teenager. It feels very young and like light. And, you know, especially with all the things that he's talking about in the speech that he had to deal with, like that were very traumatic. Like, I'm sure that that felt like a an island in the storm, and and yeah. when you find something like that, that's an island in the storm, it feels that much more important. And so when you feel like you've lost it, it's all the more terrifying. I was just gonna think. I was just just. I was not just gonna say that, but I I was thinking about that ex- this exact same thing, about like the framing of that, like the framing of his plight, and then and the and the proposition of 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 respite or like or or of like of 
some sort of like escape from that. Like living in pain, it's like it's like you're in prison and you're told you're never going to get out. And then you the, the it's a different emotional state than you'll you're in you've been in prison for 10 years. You'll get out in 5 days and those 5 days come and then you're and then it's right as you walk out, they throw you back in. That would be way worse. Yes. Way way worse. Exactly. Than if you just already accepted that you'd never get out yeah it's and, the risk of vulnerability and, th- and that's that's like a, a slightly analogous like emotional like whiplash that he'd gone through from thinking he found desdemona a true love and then believing that that was taken away but the problem and was in a way it was almost easier for him to believe that that was false because He'd believed that his whole life. He'd believed that, you know, and depending on how you play it, he'd believed that there was no hope, that it was yeah. all just like, yeah. I've got to work my way up. He'd... I've got to work and that's it. And and then finding someone like must have felt like a fluke and yeah. then realizing, like, I, I oh, it was a fluke and that was never real. Yeah. Must have felt like, oh, of course, this was real the whole exactly. time. But how could I have been so stupid to have believed it? Which could drive you insane. Uh, I mean, honestly, that sound that feels good. That feels like. I feel like I can empathize with that. Mm-hmm. Still can't empathize with killing her. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's like, like I, that's where I keep getting stopped. Like I can empathize with, like with a lot of these the plight, and I still feel for him and feel for this shitty situation he's been put in, and then the shitty things that Iago does. But like, there's a point where I can't follow. Yeah. And and, that, and then I, and then it makes me wonder, like, okay, that's fine. I don't need everybody to be a protagonist. But then why? Then why but are we watching this story? Why? Mm-hmm. And I'm not just mad because somebody innocent died, but like, why? What's the point? So we're gonna we're gonna buckle up because we're gonna be saying that a lot. <laughs> Scene three. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, Othello's in the boardroom. He already like described the love for Desdemona. <laughs> That's you know. C- conducting court and pleading his case and everybody's like oh yeah you're right you know you're a good guy you, di- you didn't do any magic on her right we believe you desdemona shows up she's I, like, like he didn't I'm, i love I'm, him like i'm not yeah exactly desdemona comes in and she's like yeah sorry dad i love him i love you too but i love him and everybody's she's very nice like, about and, it and everybody like they're like we're not going to apologize for like you know making you explain yourself for just you know lo- loving somebody just for getting married <laughs> but but we do we do like you and then uh it was a really cool line where one of the senators leaves because the dad is like still not about it. He's like, fuck you, daughter, for loving him. And like, I my heart is done. If I had another kid, I would have fucking lock him up because I don't want him fucking marrying any black people. Uh, <laughs> and then one of the one of the senators before they leave goes out like, you know, your son-in-law is maybe more fair than black. And I'm like, oh, double meaning. That was a nice little bow to put on that. I loved that. So then Iago... Is with like, is is just starts his plotting with Rodrigo too. He starts like sending Rodrigo on errands to like do shit, and that's really all I wrote. I, it didn't seem that important, but just to know that it's gonna happen again and again throughout the play. And then Iago has his like his first soliloquy, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so it's like, it's it's the it's the twixt my sheets. He's in my office. I hate the more I fucking. I can't remember like if there's like specific plot points he says, but he just has like a really long speech and we're supposed to like know that like I fucking hate this motherfucker and I'm going to do everything I can to to undo him and Cassio. 
Yeah. So basically, he starts the speech by saying, um, I hate this guy. Uh, also, Rodrigo's stupid, by the way. And uh, <laughs> I've been tricking everyone this whole time. And, you know, basically, it's just an I hate this guy speech. But then it turns into, oh, now I have a plan to take them down. But we don't know what it is. Yeah. It's like, uh, <laughs> it's honestly, it's like the more in Titus. Who keeps talking to the camera and he's like, this yeah, is my it's like plan. Aaron. Yeah. Totally like Aaron. And then he like, as we go, we like follow his plan. But without the zany jazz. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> so, uh, oh, another thing we know is that Desdemona at the end of like the, the, the Senate speech is going with Othello to the war zone that, 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 that they are having the, the, the meeting about in the first place like when the, when 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 uh othello was confronted by uh desdemona's dad in like this like senator meeting they're talking about the fucking war that they're fighting right now and so at the end of that othello's like all right guys i'm going to war that's why you like me and that's why you're not getting mad at me for being with desdemona and desdemona's coming with me and she's like i want to go and they're like fucking fine <laughs> Go yeah they're like why doesn't she stay at her dad's house and her dad othello and her are all like uh no thank you nope they did do that didn't they mm-hmm. that's funny they literally go nor i nor i <laughs> it's like as you like it nope <sighs> hard pass um so they're in and now now we go to this place where like we're in a war zone cyprus cyprus yeah Goats and dogs. Goats and monkeys. <laughs> Goats and monkeys. Yeah. That's what it was. That feels mean. That's a good reference, though. Uh, and so as soon as they got there, I was like, the, the the bunch of dudes are like yelling. And I'm like, Chloe, I am not sure what's going on, but it looks like they won the war already. Like, it's not a war. I'm like, is, how much time has passed? What is happening? Yeah. And, then, and you were like, that's basically basically it shut up and watch it that's like, exactly what happened so like on the way there so othello and desdemona are on sh- separate ships on their way to cyprus on the way there there's this huge storm so much so that the enemy that they're fighting who they're calling the turks uh <laughs> surrender and go home so the war is over and then othello and desdemona get there separately but there's this like kerfuffle of like did either of their ships like go down in the storm is either of them dead so they're super happy to see each other but like basically when they get there they've won the war bottom they're done it's so didn't even need to do anything really it's so like shakespeare always has this like convenient plot device of like oh there's a storm and they got lost there it is but now they think about it that's probably like a really really prevalent like menace in history of like ships getting lost in storms oh yeah we didn't like an entire like Spanish fleet like totally just get fucked over in a storm. I have no idea with, about like, a, that. In a but war I with totally the English, I'm pretty sure that that's a thing. Checks out. I'm not a um, historian. Also, uh, to speak to the everyone's just yelling and nothing's making sense scene, it really <laughs> felt like to me they took like a bunch of like you know just young actors who like they gave a couple lines to because they're like they're so spunky and upstarts and this guy's understudying casio and like put them in the scene but it felt like they didn't give them their soldier costumes till like a week before they opened because some of them had these like big packs on and one of them had a gun like a big gun that he was like almost gesturing with and i was like 
no, yeah. like because they were like running around the stage. We're like, and this is happening, and this is happening. It almost felt like anything goes. They were moving around so much, yeah. and it, I was, and like I was like, oh, like stay, like I, be soldiers. <laughs> um, that was like honestly one of the only like uh, thematic things that, or yeah. not thematic, uh, like tonal things that felt off yeah. to me. We're, we're in that whole play. But it was so funny. I was like, I was like. You have a big backpack on, and you just like sprinted across the stage. But it almost made sense for Casio, but everybody else, I was like, we're stay in one place. We're suspending disbelief because, like, you know, it's on stage or whatever. But these are supposed to be like they're like dressed like like Marines, like yeah. they're, they're like in straight up Fallujah, like about to go like shoot Camo, people up. Yeah, like, like the 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 tone feels like a little bit tense like they're happy that they just won the war but they they're all their body language is like very actory and it's very like it is it's very as if they weren't wearing these clothes at all and like they yeah they people like sprinting around that uh, where you can tell this huge 40 pound pack that marines might wear weighs it's nothing with a pillow with yeah. weighs zero and then also this guy is like so when you salute you like you stand at attention and salute and this guy is like running with this salute he like raised. slid into the salute he, like, his salute is raised while he's running and then he like as he when he gets to someone then he takes it down <laughs> it's like it's a little bit more flamboyant that I'd want it. Like as I'd an actor who be. who dearly loves actors and like you know is proud of us on <laughs> in many levels I was like actors <laughs> <laughs> it was, I, felt, I was like somebody tell these people how to, how to, how to just be was, soldiers it was very funny yeah so I, funny. I wrote won the war already yes and then uh and i was like and I, yes and i also wrote because and because i've seen othello so many times yes. i wrote iago seems to hate amelia <laughs> yeah he like really doesn't like her which is funny for like a married couple that like Again, I don't. I don't think the audience would know that they're married. No, I still want that moment. That's like you know, Amelia tries to parallel yeah. the Desdemona Othello thing, and Iago's like, "Get your face away from like, me!" Like literally, know? Act Two is when we find out they're married, and they've interacted like four times. Yeah. Um, and then I also, and they also made the choice to make Amelia a soldier in this one. I liked that, which is interesting, and I also liked it because, uh-huh. like, I also find it really weird and implausible that. It be a be it being a rumor that Othello bedded Amelia. Like when would he have the opportunity? Right. How would that work? When would when would Othello and Amelia be unaccounted for? And Iago is like, oh, I'm gonna just go watch a baseball game. Like like right. what? Like it felt really weird for that to be like a rumor, even a theory a, that a, Iago a rumor, has. Yeah. A rumor uh, abroad. Like who the fuck cares who Iago is? Like what right. is happening? But then for her to be like part of his battalion or whatever would be a much stronger reason to where like they might be somewhere where Iago isn't. Right. You know, and they're like the intimate relationships between like, you know, being brothers or sisters in arms. Yeah. I that that's that feel that felt better. And also for her for her um function in the play, it doesn't really change much. It's no. nice. That was, that was it's good. great. It's almost like, you know, she's a soldier who's assigned to protect the general's wife or Pretty whatever. Much, yeah. yeah. It worked. Love it. And I also wrote Cassio's a puppy. He's such a puppy. He's so he's so like optimistic, and he's just like I went to college, and he like really is. I, I I can do math real good, and we gonna win this war, and Othello's great, and and and, and Iago's great. <laughs> it, it was he had this really, it felt weird, but I guess it felt like true to his character that like he was like like. Like he felt like a religious zealot, and Othello was his god. Like, yeah, he, was, it was like great. he was like he was like, and and like and like everybody's doing such a great job. We're gonna win this war. Like he was on cocaine or something. And he's like, oh oh, 
Desdemona's so wonderful and lovely and Othello's great and his dick is so big and and, and Iago's dick is like slightly less big but still girthy and and they're just the best ever oh and we are great we're gonna win this I war can't, and, I that, can't. and that was too good that was that is pretty accurate that, that was like the emotional state of like our introduction to to Cassio <laughs> he's just like I just, like, I everything just is honor and great and, like the world makes sense to Cassio yes, because it is yes. in these very narrow terms and he just he 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 drank the Kool-Aid of like what society and like you know military culture like yeah. is, is like he wants to be a good to officer to he wants to be a good exactly. leader of his all men. the rules are right yeah everybody should follow him and we're gonna do great and we're gonna be like he's just he's just oozing optimism and positivity and yeah, yeah and naivete and, and and that just like pisses cynical iago off to like no end and yeah. it's great I, I i honestly that that's it works every cast you have scenes like that and i see why like if like like Given all these circumstances, it's great. Aww, it I works. Connor, <laughs> our friend Connor played Cassio, and he was Who's great. Great, yeah. It, oh, so it, positive. That was like that was just him. That was, it was just casting. straight up him. Yeah. Yes, good Cassioing. Connor, you're not Cass- naive. You're you're a wonderful human being. Yeah, you're just positive. You're just, you just got the positivity down pat. <laughs> yeah, your your smile. Your default is a big, wonderful smile, and we love it. <laughs> Beautiful puppy. Um. So, then I wrote like. I, I, every time Iago goes back to Rodrigo and just like go do this, go do this, and like further this plot, like yeah. every time uh, Rodrigo is just trying to get with Desdemona and he has no hope of it, but Iago keeps convincing him that like if you just keep doing the things I tell you to do and doing my missions, then eventually it'll end up with you getting Desdemona, and and Rodrigo's just dumb enough to believe it. So it's like it's like kind of like a a blank slate uh, plot wise. For, for Rodrigo to do the thing that he needs to do to move Iago's plans yeah. along. So it's a little bit like a gimme for Shakespeare uh-huh. writing this. But also like I don't I didn't even bother to write down what they what he does next because it's just like, okay, they plot again and probably then probably put again. money in thy purse. I don't know. He <laughs> really like goes to get Iago speech. more money. <laughs> um and then Iago has like another soliloquy and he just like talks to the audience again. He's like, I hate these motherfuckers. My plan's going good. This is the next step. Here we go. Like we're just checking in again yeah. with, with our fucking awful, loathsome guide. Narrator, right? Yeah, guide through this story. Uh, um, I was saying, too, like, we, we keep laughing about all the lines that are, like, honest Iago. Like, isn't it amazing <laughs> how honest Iago is? I, Iago is the honestest of all. Like, there are all these lines in this play about this. And Paul's like, I want to laugh every time that happens. And I'm like, I think it's supposed to be a laugh line, practically. Because, yeah. like... You know the ground. We know the groundlings at this point. Like they would have been like, "No, stop! Don't listen to him. He's yeah. a fucking liar." Don't go in there. Right? Exactly. <laughs> and like, and I feel like uh, with Iago, if if somebody goes like, "Oh, you know," and and I feel like Iago, we should listen to him. I can imagine the groundlings going. No, you shouldn't. He's a liar. He's going behind your back. And then Othello has to turn to the audience literally and go. Iago is an honest man, like, you know, which is hilarious. Or even if he doesn't do that, it's still like, I I still feel like it should almost be played for a laugh. Yeah. The irony is so rich that it's like campy almost. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 it's I, almost like a bit. It's like I, a running bit. Throughout I'm inclined the show, to believe that. And also I was making the point that like nobody, like honesty is like a passive character trait. Like you Right. You have, said that. That was funny. You are generally, if you're generally honest, it's kind of invisible. Maybe you are noted for it for having integrity because the the you had a conflict of interest to be dishonest but you still chose honesty mm-hmm. cool people respect you for it but like 
who goes or like it's not like outwardly being happy like happy iago that motherfucker's smiling all the time and he's always like super bubbly right but like nobody goes around just like man that guy's honest every day like what that's nope nobody says Paul, that you're so honest every day like, that would be so weird like i feel like people only note it if it's like most, oh, don't trust that guy yeah you if know? He, honestly if people are honest every day they're probably called an asshole right. <laughs> <laughs> so then honest iago <laughs> <laughs> They're just Jaquies from As You Like It. So Honest Iago is plotting again, soliloquying away. And then I wrote Iago plants the seeds to Cassio for the first time. And this is Cassio is like, yo, you know, again, bright eyed, bushy tailed, on watch, uh, you know, like trying to do his duty. And then and then Iago's like, ah, I'll fucking do it real quick. Just like go have a drink real quick. And he's like, ah, I don't I'm not, you know, I'm 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 kind of an alcoholic because when I start drinking, I get crazy. And he's like, mm, it's fine. Just go do one. And then he just kind of like pushes him into doing like one drink. And then he just keeps doing more. Puts him into a shot contest with someone. And what in the way the re, while the way he has Iago, not Iago, Rodrigo come and like fuck it up is that he has Rodrigo come and like do something off stage. But I guess like you know like pinch his ass or something or do something. <laughs> probably well, he does something. <laughs> I hope it was pinch his ass. It probably was. It's he does something. Bad. He does something so egregious and inflammatory that in one gesture caused uh, fucking Cassio to b- have bloodlust and see red and try to kill Rodrigo. So I don't know not if he just kill him, but just fight him, fight him. Yeah. But like, you know, like enraged, like not, not like I want satisfaction. Like, no, 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 We're past that. I'm, I'm going to fuck mad. you up. Like yeah. he like smacked his dick or something. I don't know what he did, but he did something like <laughs> so egregious and it only took a couple seconds and then he ran away. <laughs> And then so that 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 causes like a big ass brawl. Yeah. But because because Iago has the proxy of Rodrigo, who's now gone. Right. Then he. It's not he, on him. He, yeah. He's he, he, nothing can ever be traced back to him. So it's like he's supposed to have like this this mastermind kind of style, which is kind of true because of some of the speeches he gives to people. But is also he's also kind of a one trick pony in, in the sense that he just sends Rodrigo in to do something and nobody knows that he knows Rodrigo. So he's always safe. And Rodrigo apparently always gets away. So right. Like, it's like that's just kind of like how this always plays out. Yeah. He's a coward. He really is a coward. I yeah. think that's something that's not emphasized enough when we talk about Iago. Like, I think that people talk a lot about like, oh, he's so brilliant and he's so terrifying and he's so evil. But nobody ever talks about like he is a coward. Like he he takes no action himself. Yeah. Well, he eventually. And, I guess and, he and eventually. I, does, and I, but... that's what we were talking about. Like I wish that would have stayed consistent throughout the end, because I know I would have like had at least one consistent like method that I could point to. But I like it, things still change. We'll get there. Yeah. Um. So that happens, and then that is all to Iago's plan, which is to have have Cassio lose favor in the eyes of Othello because Cassio is desperate for honor and reputation and like all these things and Othello comes in and then Ca- and and uh Iago's like I don't want to fucking tell the story what happened but they're like honest Iago fucking tell me who did this shit and Iago was like I guess so I guess I have to I don't want to though uh he doesn't even do that though he's so he's so much of a like it's, uh, it's, that he goes, he goes. I would never say anything against Michael Cassio. <laughs> uh. It's so yeah. It's 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 like it's like. And then he goes, oops. He like hams it up. Yeah, it's so bad. 
And but he plays it really well. But like, it, it's, even script wise, he totally hams it up. Yeah, yeah he's like, if, if he's feels, like, I would it, never say yeah. a word against my comrade Cassio. It's it's almost yeah. It's, yeah, it's almost like it. We have to suspend the disbelief that the people in the play wouldn't hear that and be like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like, 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 who would say that and believe that, that Iago is pure of heart? Yes. Yeah, they'd be like, what are you playing at? So anyway, he does that and everybody believes it. And and so therefore he absolves, he, he not only absolves himself of any possible scrutiny for like causing this, he is now... He's now revered even more for his honesty because he didn't want to give up Cassio. Mm-hmm. He's not a snitch. He's he would he would have protected Cassio, but he has to tell Cassio, tell on Cassio. And then Othello's like, Iago's trying to protect you, and he's amazing for that. But I gotta be hard on you. You're fucking fired or you're demoted. Yeah. You know, you're just like You're not my, my lieutenant anymore. You, yeah, and so Lo- Lieutenant anymore. There we go. While that's a you know, a fair enough punishment for that. Um, Cassio is now distraught and, and according to him you know his emotionally he feels like his life is over like mm-hmm. like I have ruined my opportunity to do this the only thing worth doing in life yeah he has this speech about reputation and it starts with him being like just crying out in pain and Iago's like what is wrong like are you okay and he's like do you have, are you hurt and he goes like reputation reputation I've lost my reputation that kind of classic Shakespeare line and I in this production it was one of my favorite ways I've seen that speech done where it's like he's just like doubled over and like clutching his chest Mm -hmm. and it genuinely looks like he's hurt yeah and he played it really well without me feeling like oh reputation I've lost you know and and I've seen it played pretty well before but this was definitely the best in terms of like I like as the audience member I was like are you okay like is he hurt yeah um which was great yeah like like when emotional pain is so bad that it's physical Yes. Like, like, for sure. Mm-hmm. I felt that way, too. And it, and it felt real. So, but anyway, I do want to ping this. So, like, this is one of the moments where, like, in some ways, Iago is brilliant. Like, like that's what I'm saying. That's why I feel like he's supernaturally competent at this. Mm-hmm. Because he understands Cassio. Like, like, I feel like, again, in this play, nobody sees anybody. Like, they just, like, like fucking Othello looks past Desdemona. And it, um, like the people who who are they're supposed to be loved by other people, I feel like they just get looked past. Like like even even Bianca has this tiny part, like loves Cassio, and Cassio just fucking looks right past her. He just mm-hmm. sees vagina, and like <laughs> like you know uh, Othello just sees whatever safe place like, to land. a safe place to land. Uh, maybe and and Iago sees he just doesn't fucking like like Amelia at all. And like but. Iago is the only person who I like like speaks to the true desires of these people like he does see them but he just has the most opposite and malicious intention yeah because he has to see Cassio to understand that the way to hurt him most is to have him lose favor in the eyes of Othello right and so he concocts this plan to get to hurt Cassio the the way he will most be hurt and you can't do that without empathy and without understanding someone at least is uh, uh, on a certain level of the way they understand themselves. Yeah. So like in that sense, I'm like, that was a kind of a genius move. Yeah. And so he also, and and he plays everybody else like a fiddle in these ways too. Like, and his, you know, it all falls, fucks up at the end and we'll, we'll get there. But like, that's one of my, what what I'm saying for like, it's like, and and exactly. um, Castillo has this speech about reputation, but like Iago, like plays the part to a T as if he was a friend as if yeah. he, and like, so it's like, who's that good? 
who's that who's so so people can be sociopathic enough to like you know do this awful thing and do it to the sense and do it do it like like commit a murder or to like do commit a heist or a robbery and a lot of times the only thing that's keeping somebody to do from doing this is like the boldness to do it because anybody else would be nervous enough and probably fuck up and like not think about all these things and he's just calm and collected enough to do it but he also can like play the character of like the most empathetic and like wonderful friend like who can shift back and forth like that like it just felt so supernatural to me that he could do that on a on a on a switch whenever he needed to yeah and it just it that part didn't feel real but i actually liked it like i can go into this play and like it if i just turn the key in my head to saying iago is a fucking devil from from hell Mm -hmm. and just with these special powers and even if it's just symbolic and it's like it's not real that he's that but like that's his function in this play that would be cool but i doesn't feel like it completely cleanly finishes that way so i'm still i go back to being stuck I don't know. How, how do you feel about that? I, we keep saying that, but I, I do, I don't, I, I've never felt like that with this play. I've, I've never felt like there's no way that a Niago exists in the world. Like, I, I don't feel like I have to make that switch in my brain. Really? Yeah. Maybe that's pessimistic of me. I'm not sure. That's very unlike me to have a very pessimistic view of something. But I, I do feel like, I don't know. I do feel like that is possible for a human being in the worst possible way it scares me it scares me that i think that's possible uh yeah i I guess i guess i'm not saying anything i guess neither of us are saying anything too far from what we said in the beginning which is it's possible but extremely extremely rare Mm -hmm. because the skill with which he did it is like i agree i mean not impossible but like the lebron james of manipulation right and i I feel like that's why we watch silence of the lambs and why we find hannibal lecter so intriguing and evil and terrible is because of a similar kind of like level of manipulation like we're like this person is so profoundly evil and two steps ahead of us that like we're fucked yeah you know and i think that's a huge part of what happens in othello which yeah all right so that scene's over we've reaffirmed that iago is like a dick yeah and and an an uncommon but plausible character right (laughs) then we have the scene with Iago and Othello. Yes. And this is where Iago plants the seeds for Othello not liking His Desdemona. Jealousy. And this is where I, where I, this is the actually the crystallized moment of where I thought he was like supernatural because like the way he teases out Othello's insecurity for Desdemona and, and her and Cassio and like, it's just so perfect. It's so, it's not like, yo, I, I heard your girl's cheating on you with, with Cassio. It's like, oh, you know, like, um, I, I, I think Desdemona's great. And I think Cassio's great. Isn't it interesting that they're always hanging out with each other? Oh, I mean, like, I don't, wouldn't think anything about that. Do you have Except any thoughts about that? Except they just that? ran away really quickly. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's just so, it's so yeah. subtle and mm-hmm. it, and it is so perfect and he's playing it it's like you have to have a certain level of empathy to like understand what that would do to someone and how. Mm-hmm. So, and he's just like, he's playing them like a fiddle. And like, and I, I, I really like that scene. And like, and it's so calm. It's so mm-hmm. soft. Yes. It's so patient. Mm-hmm. It's so, it's such a silent scene. No one's screaming. And, uh, and Othello is just like, you know, just, it's just armor's getting chinked away and you barely see it. It's so subtle. It's, it's a genius 
way to play it. I fucking love yeah, it. Yeah, and I think one thing you're saying, like they're not screaming, is compared to other productions, you know, we've talked about in the past. And it was just so nice to see one where it really felt like it felt real, like it felt way more honest than other versions of it that I've seen. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, and, and like what well, I'm saying, like you. He, we have to believe that Iago convinces Othello that this crazy shit is happening, that it's not happening. And we have like a yeah. couple of like circumstantial hearsay kind of evidence pieces. But that's the p- reason why I didn't like this play in the past, because I, I don't think they're very compelling. But his Iago's speech and the way Iago interacts with Othello is a lot more compelling than those things. Yeah. So he creates that as like a, a rickety kind of like scaffolding of evidence. But then he imbues it with so much like doubt and and like... And like he paints these possible pictures for Othello that Othello can latch on to these like very flimsy pieces of evidence. Yeah. But we'll get we'll get to what that implies. But like I I find Iago's manipulation much more compelling than I did before. I agree. With this yeah. way. Like yeah. that it makes more sense. Yeah. Uh yeah, so that that seems fucking great. Like I could talk about that forever, but I mean like I don't think I need to say much more. But it's almost more. like because it was so great, we're like, yeah, we can move on. Yeah, because me trying to describe it, I feel like we'll just not do it justice and just kind of fall short. But like, that's the conceit of what happens. It's so good. It's just, you know, two people playing at what they want and what they're scared of and, you know, somebody kind of playing into somebody else's fears. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, we get a, a soliloquy from Othello. He was, he was t- basically talking about Desdemona, like in, in like how, I don't remember exactly what it says. I don't remember that one. Really? No. I thought I was. Just, I was really hoping. I was like, "Oh, Chloe will fill this in." <laughs> so it's, is it right after Iago leaves? Yeah, right, right, right after that, Iago leaves. Oh, I think it's him convincing himself everything's fine. Yes, he's yeah. like, "Oh, yeah, I won't believe it." No. Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So it's like, so he's he's like buying into what Iago says, and then he's like, "Oh, but this one is so great. That's he, stupid." He's just no, letting I'm it not, simmer. I'm yeah. not gonna like let that put a chink in my armor. Like, why would I believe that? It's bullshit. Uh, I mean, yeah. even in. Even and this was great too because I've never seen it played like this before and and we'll get here but in that bathroom scene where like he's really still he's still falling back into like he loves her and he's just like buying into these or not buying into but like falling back into these images of like she's so beautiful like it's so sad because she's so beautiful and kind and good and I love her and Iago's like but remember how much worse that is because she cheated on you and he's like oh yeah that sucks. And it sucks how much she's so cute and like she does all this great stuff for me. And it's just it this this version especially reminded me of how much Othello tries to resist, like how much he like tries to be like, but wait, no, what am I doing? But wait, what is this? You know, I don't know. Uh, I mean, not enough. I was going to say, you know like, what I mean? That it, like it, it all falls to no, like it, the way. Part of this is the way we see the world. Yeah. And like the things that we value. But yeah, like to me. No matter how much he tries to resist, it's all for nothing because he doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I know, like in a court of law, and like you know, it, when we're making final judgment on him as of him on him as a person, like yeah, he did not do the right thing or make the right decision. Duh, that was. I'm bad not talking plan. about a court of law. I'm talking about what the things that I value and how I would categorize how I feel about it. And so, yeah, I, I definitely that I, I I they're the same thing. So I. I It'll. But, like, there's no world in which he'll catch me being like, you know, he killed Desdemona, but I get it. Like, it's it, it's not about that. It's about, like, I can see how this p- 
path was set up. I can see how he got led down this path. It makes human sense to me. Does that mean it was okay? Does that mean I'm behind it? Does that mean I'm willing to dismiss it even slightly? No. You know? Uh, I'm not sure if we'll, we're going to be... I, I'm not willing to necessarily it just, do that. To me, it's like it shows me how humans are able to be led to do something. Like, it... I believe that a play could play out this way, but that doesn't mean that I think it's good. Like, it's it's the difference between, like, you know, I, I, I understand a character's motivation in a scene. Does that mean that I would do that? No. I feel like we're, we just, there's a few, like, words that we need to find, because I feel like we've been talking about this play specifically and these actions for, like, two years, but also just, like, the, today. Mm-hmm. And... I feel like we're almost just talking past each other just a little bit. I think so too. And I'm trying to figure out what the exact words are where it's just really difficult to 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 separate. Like it's even like, you know, like there are times when I'm playing a character in a play and or in a film or whatever and I and it, you know, you get a script and you're like I think this script needs to be revised because this person wants something up until halfway through the play and then they totally switch for this one thing. It goes against everything they've wanted before this in the play. Mm -hmm. Like this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And that's one thing. And then there's another thing of like, oh, like this character, like I'm playing Macbeth and like, you know, all these things piled up that then made him want to kill the king. And I get how those things piled up and made him want to kill the king. If I'm Chloe, even if I'm living in Macbeth's world, that doesn't mean that I'm I would actually do those things. But it means that under those circumstances, with those pressures on someone, I can understand how someone would. Yeah, um, I I can't I can't I don't know I, I, I for some, there's something blocking me and I and I it may be my failure to find the right words too, but I can only understand i mean I, I could like say sure and get it but you don't uh, have to i'm not saying you uh, sure you and like and like me. and like but and i might be not describing it fully either i, I think i'm, I'm, I'm also, not these, I'm like we've this isn't feeling we, satisfying we spent time working through this and like maybe i'm still like you know still processing how i feel about it because othello is not the first character in a fictional story to murder somebody like Maybe uh, I'm trying to think if I can like, yeah, I can't, I still can't quite empathize. I, I can get, I can, I can get behind how somebody would want to kill the king, but I, I, I'm not sure if I can empathize with somebody choosing to kill the king. You know what I mean? Like choosing to go through with it and I can't. And so, so this is a very good distinction I was talking about too. Like, because the, the, like the concept of like justification for what an action is is different from like like okay i don't know exactly how to articulate this but i'll just go ahead and go to the example but like if iago had said othello desdemona is the one that killed your mother and your mother was because his mother was murdered or some shit and then he goes oh shit i'm gonna kill desdemona now and he kills her but then it turns out it was a lie like that is tragic and terrible but i could almost like i would the the like the justification for those things is like one way like i just can't i can't get i can't understand why othello would want to kill desdemona for cheating on her because i don't think that's a, a that a, that offense justifies those actions no matter what no matter how so i can't get 
It's not. It's not. I don't. I mean, ask, I'm not, I'm and not I know you're. Saying, I know you're not asking me to sign off on it like it's justified or asking me to do that. I'm not signing off on it. Yeah, yeah. At all. I, as I'm saying, I'm saying I know you're not asking me to do that, and I know you're not doing that. But I can't get in the headspace because no matter how heinous of the circumstances of our cheating of cheating like you could have cheated in like with my best friend and like in the bed we share and i'd be like and like somebody would be super sad but i can't follow someone into the headspace that says you you're gonna die now and i'm gonna choke you out fucking like in a terrible way you know what i mean like i don't i don't get it i, do, I don't i can't so like and and not to say that nobody can probably a lot of people probably could probably a lot of people might kill their spouses if they found them cheating in a fucking heinous way, but like I just can't and 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 it's also like it muddies the waters of like what the fuck are we talking about with this play ah I feel like we're getting so stuck in the mud no with but this. I I think it's the question of this play too yeah. it's like the thing to get stuck in the mud about um I I mean I'm thinking about like you know Game of Thrones and like people killing each other in that for like way less reasons like our- yeah but those aren't the like there's much more to unpack so yeah we i was with another part of the conversation we were having earlier was that like there are uncomfortable and like messy and like complicated and and, and unresolved and weird things in a lot of the other shakespeare plays but there's still like moments or aspects of it that are consistent and they do crystallize certain points or like the whole maybe nobody in the play is like great or like you know a lot of people a lot of the heroes die and like the villains win but like there are themes that are clear enough and like permeate the entire play and i know i'm just being super vague here not giving a lot of examples but like i feel like if you listen to the other podcasts we do, we'll fucking it'll be clear enough yeah. that that is the case for a lot of the other plays. I don't see that in this play. Like, it's not clear to me that it's like about a one theme. It's not clear to me. Like, they're, they're, I, I, I'm trying to like just derive some like wisdom or or like truth about human nature or or maybe like some similarity in like things that I perceive about life today or something I understand about history or like myself. And I, I keep looking for it in many angles as I'm as I as I can, but I really can't find one. Like I'm t- I have to, I'd have to force myself to tell tell myself there's one. Not that it's not there, or like I'm open to being convinced, but I can't find it. And I thought it was before. I thought it was because of my lack of understanding of it. But as I've, as many times as I've seen it, and as much as we talked about it, I have to start understanding the possibility that there's that it might not be there. Maybe open to being convinced. Yeah. But I don't see it as of now. And I'm really trying to. Yeah, I believe you. So that's where I'm at at the moment. But like we're still we we can still dig through a few more of this. But I mean, fuck. And it's like frustrating me because I'm like, it's it's like it's like something. (laughs) It's like something completed with like a super high skill level. But I'm like, I don't want this. Like somebody built like a, a. an entire beautiful sculpture with impeccable detail, but it's all made out of shit. I'm like, oh my fucking, God. why are you doing this? Good job. But like, like, I'm sure it's a fucking like morbid example, but you know what I mean? It's a stinky example. Oh my God. <laughs> You're turning into me. That was yeah, such a me joke. You, you, you deserve it. I liked it. <laughs> At some weird level. Yeah. I mean, we're, I'm kind of at a similar place. I was at the beginning of like, so part of me right now is like feeling some things that I'm like, I want to convince you of, but I feel like 
it's maybe it's just a taste difference. Maybe that's part of it. And then I mean, I'm open. Part of me is also like feeling like there's stuff that we could rehash, but I feel like we've already talked about it. And then part of me is just not on it, like truly, honestly, just not feeling very confident right now about what I think this play is about, what I think this play should say, who I think should direct this play and what direction they should go in with it. Like, I don't really know. Yeah. I don't really know what the answer is. Like, I, I, I kind of wish that someone could make a Titus version of this play, like the Titus 1999 that we watched so that I could be like that, like Julie! that. Julie, like Julie, I don't know. Maybe she should do Othello. <laughs> uh, but um, I, I do feel like there's, so, I, I don't know. I can't tell if I'm like being optimistic because I like Shakespeare so much or if there's like, there's something that I feel like is eluding me that maybe even we've touched on in discussions we've had before. It's just, it's eluding me of what to reference, even to myself, even to like, be like, this is what's valuable about it to me. I, I'm thinking about that, that, um, that conversation we had with, uh, with Angela, who was in that one production of Othello that we did that summer. And she had this idea of an Othello where like, at the end, all of the women come out and they have to clean up all the blood and everything off the stage, which to me, that version of that play would feel like, oh, you know, there's all these terrible things happening between the men in this militaristic world and eventually everything kind of falls to the women, like the brunt of the the um, pain or the the results, the bad results fall to the women and it's left to them to kind of clean it up yeah. as much as they can yeah and th that feels like something to me yeah. like, like that feels I, interesting look looking, but that that almost feels like it overlooks the race aspect of it with what othello's dealing with and it's just like well he's just another asshole man yeah. in the military world and i don't think we can overlook that either you yeah, know so exactly we're like we're, we're, we're left with trying to ascertain the point that shakespeare was trying to make but because we can only ever guess at that we won't ever know I think, and we again, we've said this many times before, is that like I think it's up to us to like make a choice. Like these things are close, like like have like this grid snap function to like snap it to the thing that you can create a vision for and drive that home. Even if you have to add things, even if you have to cut things, to like I think give it. Other, otherwise, we are just left using the same ingredients, even though like it's not may not be relevant anymore. Like, I, I feel like I don't, I, know, part, I don't, I don't see a lot of value in putting on the exact same play without understanding ourselves what we're trying to say. Or what sure. We're trying to but do with it. but I'm I'm also part of me is feeling a little bit of like the even the thing you said about like grid snap function right now is like part of me feels like I'm trying to. And this is the nature of the podcast too, like, like cater it to your sensibilities of like wanting things to be a little bit more like in line make it simple for me right and and i <laughs> i do like and I, I know that's you also uh joking around but i i'm also like maybe it doesn't quite live in that place and maybe that's part of this play too so maybe i need to sit with this for a while and be like is there more of a gray area place in this play that it lives that you know maybe is just not quite resonating with you as much or no and yeah. then and then there's another aspect of it too where so I'm thinking about this production specifically where, you know, at the end we have Iago and he's the last person in the room because he kind of pulls himself away when he's in handcuffs to look at the bed um, that's filled with his wife, Amelia, who he killed directly, Desdemona, who he set Othello on to kill, basically, and Othello, who killed himself because he realized what Iago kind of manipulated in him into and what he had done. 
And so basically all these people on his, on the bed are dead because of him. And it's like in the, the image, if we like, if we didn't know anything about what's happening right now, it's like a white dude standing over a bed with like two women and a black dude on it that he, and we know that they are basically dead because of him in a lot of ways. Um, And so that's like an, an image. So it's like, is, is this play about like, you know, sexism and racism causing all these terrible circumstances for people i don't i don't know like i i honestly it's just it's a lot it's a lot to grapple with and i i don't know what any of the answers are right now mm. yeah I, I like is it about that maybe and if it is like what does that that say because they were able to get tricked into them, does that mean they're stupid? Is Amelia stupid? Is Amelia complicit? Like, how complicit is Amelia? That's that's a whole other thing we haven't talked about. Yeah, I, I find myself being definitely, if at least, annoyed with Amelia. Oh, yeah. Because they hang the they hang a lot of that uh, plot point of on that fucking handkerchief line, and she just is sitting there alone with Desdemona, knowing that she's looking for it and not telling her that she took it. And I just like, really fucking pisses me off and then at the end i'm glad at the end at least she says like i'm mad at myself for not telling him like yeah you fucking should be yeah she (laughs) definitely should be the the one thing that she says that made that make more sense to me of like why she didn't tell desdemona was that line that we talked about the like men are not jealous for the cause but jealous for their jealous like they're not jealous because he like he's not jealous because you lost the handkerchief he's just jealous which I'm sure was her experience with Iago, and that's why she's saying it to Desdemona. Yes, she does. So what she's saying is, like, the handkerchief is irrelevant. So if the handkerchief's irrelevant, why would she tell her about it? She's just like, well, he's going to be jealous no matter what. I so mean, I why think, would I get myself I think I have enough evidence for, like, emotional reasoning, but I still, I'm still, still, annoyed. I'm still yeah. mad at her. <laughs> Me too. I'm just trying to get it to make sense. We don't need to be on our side. Um, I feel like that with everybody, kind of. Yes. Uh, yeah. I feel like that's square one. Square yeah. one is just like understanding why everybody does what they do. And as long as there's logical reasons for them to do it and it's strong reasons that 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 we from which we derive their character, um, then we have a play that lives in reality. From there, themes, I think, will organically emerge. I don't think it's or like, not. <laughs> Or not, yeah. I think, but I think like that's you know, which I feel like is the place. Talk, right talk right now. to any writer who's written like a seminal piece or a book series. Like none of them, like oh, I'm trying to go for these themes. Like they're all saying, you know, like oh, I just write for true characters, and I, you know, I, I have a few plot points I want to get to, and I right. So I, I feel like the question all, that I want to ask you is like, and also that I'm asking myself is, if that's the bottom line, if what we all we want is true characters, then. Do the characters feel true? I feel like we've talked about it, and yes, they do. And and then it's just the question of like, well, if if Shakespeare was just writing and not thinking about themes, then why are we mad at this play? You know? No, I mean, I was like kind of in the middle of that, but there's also like, you know, there, there's things, there, there's there's other tools at I think a, 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 a that a writer has access to that like like editorially that could shift circumstances and like shift different things that, that 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 you know that that before the play is in its like finished state i don't think like i feel like what you just described makes like shakespeare say that i had these circumstances and this is just what happened and i have no power to change it because this is what it is and here you go this is a good play like that not necessarily you just said most good writers just try to write true characters and then it grows from there yeah but there's the circumstances can change the 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 
I mean, so you say it's not like I've written novels and shit, and I'm like the authority on this. But I mean, like there is. I'm like I, I. I'm not trying to say that there's no editorial authority. I'm talking to say like writers don't write with the. I mean, a lot of a lot of based on the. I mean, let me start to qualify my statement. Yeah. Based, based on the commentary from writers talking about their own work that I've happened to listen to not a a lot of them don't write from like a top-down perspective about I want to make a story about this sometimes they do generally but most of it is a very granular process of working through the logical thought processes of a lot of different characters given a certain level level of circumstances and sometimes they don't even know where it's going to end and so they can change certain things to get things to a certain place but they don't think about like theme they think about you know logic and processes and but they have like editorial authority and they have like they are the hand of God that can shift things around. Yeah. Not necessarily like like it's considered bad writing if you just like give a character a 180. Yeah. But, but you can make you have other choices that can change the flow of the of the plot or like of the of. Sure. Of, but, 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 but yeah, I'm, the you, question I'm asking you is what are you saying this play is lacking? Are we saying that it's lacking true characters or are we saying it's lacking something beyond that? Because I, I'm well, I'm, I'm not saying it's lacking true characters, but if that's not the only ingredient that needs to 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 be good in order for a play to be good. OK, I was just trying to make sure we're on the same page. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm saying, well, yeah, you can have true characters about a bunch of shitty people or, or a bunch about a situation that I don't care about or that a situation that doesn't say anything right so i'm i'm just checking in about that because the first times we had these conversations the question was do these characters make sense are they true characters so i'm I'm kind of trying to just get a temperature gauge of like where are we at with this play now like what do we i think these are extremely unlikely characters and no, I think Iago is the only one who's extremely unlikely. But like every, yeah, I think I, I think they're yeah. I, I I can I can I sign off on like everyone like having at least a reason for themselves why they did what they did. Yeah. Um. So I think I think what we're saying is kind of what we said at the beginning, which is just the place we're at with it now is like why tell this story? Why this story? Yeah. So, and I think I don't know what the answer is right now. So. <laughs> This is like a heavy fucking episode. Like, it is. I can I'm feel trying it. it's to be funny, and I'm trying to like, not like be funny, but like I have fun talking about this. Like, this me is too. fun, like yeah. digging through stuff. But at times, it does feel like I'm fucking trudging through the fucking mud, yeah, dude. I'm like, same. Ah! Wait, Paul, say something funny. Something funny. <laughs> um, let's see. Okay, yeah, yeah. So. They're in this like fucking like office room, and this is when Iago like he's done doing the e- e- snake in the Eden bit, and yeah. he's like, "Oh, Othello, like you know, fucking Desdemona's like maybe cheating. I don't know, whatever." And Othello's like, "Oh, my resolve is cracking," and <laughs> and Othello is, you know, like left to contemplate. And I think like a lot of people like come in and leave like throughout this like multiple scene kind of situation, and Desdemona comes in and she has the handkerchief, and then she's like hey you know what's up and he's like having doubts about her and he's mad at her but she doesn't know why and he's like knocks his handkerchief out of her hand and she falls and then the handkerchief falls and she's like well fine dick i'll fucking leave and she leaves and the handkerchief's on the floor now and then othello leaves and then like fucking amelia comes in and pick up it's like it's all this just like like 
little bit of um, swinging doors yeah really yeah. quickly just to like set up these next couple things mm-hmm. amelia comes in oh i found this handkerchief perfect and then iago comes in and he's and she's like and the here's thing, the handkerchief the thing and he's Amelia, like, wait wait the thing amelia says now is important for us not hating amelia as much we still don't <laughs> like her um she she goes oh this is cool uh iago keeps asking about this handkerchief what I'm going to do is take this handkerchief and have the work copied and give that copy to Iago so that I can give this back to Desdemona. Um, like, she's not intending to steal the handkerchief. I guess. Yeah. So anyway, she... You said it helped a little earlier. It, did, it helped a little bit. Doesn't help a lot. Apparently she was going to, yeah, get it copied and give it back. So she... And then she's like teasing Iago with it. He's like, you know the handkerchief that you all have been asking me to steal forever, apparently? Here it is. And he's like, What? And he fucking takes it, and she's like, what are you doing? I gotta give it back to her. And he's like, no, get out of here. And she's like, all right, I'll leave, and I won't mention this to her either, for some reason. <laughs> and and uh, that's... I gotta roll my eyes at that. And then Othello comes back in. Also, for buying into, like, the fact that women have no power in this world, like, what would she do? You know? Besides tell Desdemona where I mean, the handkerchief what, is? what would that do? Well, it would let Desdemona know that, uh, like, when, when, when Othello asks about it, she'd be like, fucking Amelia took it and, and Iago has it. Because that, like, that, it would it would give him a lead to understand what happened instead of her saying, I don't know how, where it is. Mm-hmm. Which, is a, which is a lame excuse. I, I mean, I agree. But it's also like, I can see why Amelia would feel like I'm going to get in trouble if I tell her. That I took it and now Iago has it. Yeah, and now I'm mad at her. I mean, I'm mad at her too. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> I didn't think that she's necessarily crazy for not saying anything, but I mean, but she's I, kind of a dick exactly. for not saying I, I'm, anything. I'm, I'm, I'm treating her like she should be treated, like she's not stupid. Yeah. So like I'm, I'm like, then why the fuck didn't you say anything? So I'm mad at you. Oh like, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm holding tr- her to a high standard. I, I'm, I'm not saying. I, I'm just going back to the are the characters truthful thing. I'm not going to like moral judgments yeah i mean it was it was small enough i'm sure I, i'm i me neither I, i'm going i'm at moral judgment <laughs> okay i guess we've already established yeah sure their intentions are true enough yeah so iago now i circled it when every time we so yeah it's up until this point iago has been like basically just kind of like indirectly manipulating everybody he's yeah. been like suggesting he's been like asking questions he's been showing people what's true and letting or like you know maybe create changing the framing of that how to look at that so they can interpret it how they want yeah and so that is where you know the quote-unquote genius or like the 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 slipperiness of iago i think is very maybe skillful for lack of a better word ew right it it is ill but i mean like it takes some sort of intellect and some sort of like nuance or finesse to do that yeah i hate it and then we get to the and so and I and like if that in, continued until the end of the play, that would be I think kind of interesting because then it would be like a weird, like you it would, might be like a Black Mirror episode like fucking, he is a you know he's just like, everybody did the thing all you guys did all this terrible shit but all I did was tell you the truth and like did you know, like that might be like an interesting framing to look at this play, but that all falls apart right now because Iago tells the first of three big ass lies that create. That all the fallout that comes of this. Yeah, and we were talking about this earlier in terms of like, what what does happen if Iago is that person? But because it, I think it makes it really clear that Iago is not just a mirror in this play; he is an no. acting agent, and I think that's an important distinct 
distinguish. Yeah. I'm not saying he was a distinction. mirror. I'm just saying like that we 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 we've reached a fork I, and, and like and now we're going. We we could have went down an interesting path where at least once something was consistent, and now we've messied it up. Exactly, and I think I think that the I I don't know. I wouldn't say we've messed it up. I think, but I think it it not it messed is, it up. I said like made it messy. I think it's a clear fork. I think that like. I, and I think that by making that distinction, we realize that Iago is not a mirror and that he does change the course of these people's lives. Are you like, I feel like who I'm, I'm saying that. Who are you arguing with? Um, I'm just making the distinction for our audience because I think that it would be possible to just, you know, float away and think, you know. Iago's a mirror. <laughs> yeah. Or like the events of this play would have happened without him or oh. whatever. Like, you know, they're there. Othello was already jealous and Desdemona was already whatever. And, oh. you know, so I, I think that. Do you think a lot of people think that? Maybe not a lot, but I think it could be an interesting trap to fall into. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely don't think that. I think it's obvi- painfully obvious that just for the record, Iago, Iago is the mover of this play. These things would not happen if Iago didn't do this. Yeah. Um. So, and he in this first lie is he tells Othello that he heard Cassio sleep talking that he was messing with Desdemona and they played it with this comedic moment where he's like, yeah, he was like sleeping and he said he's like, you know, Desdemona, like he wanted to be with her and then he like put his leg on my leg and then he like cuddled me and it was like real nice. And they kissed too. <laughs> yeah, and he kissed him. Me. <laughs> so... Also, that, like, were they in the same bed? That's what he was saying. Uh, maybe he was lying in a trench with him. That's a thing. That's pretty hot. I don't know. Just kidding. Ew. Uh, um, <laughs> that might be. Yeah, that could totally be. Like, yeah, whatever. Maybe, you know, like, battle and, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Practicality does require, like, close quarters a lot when right. it comes to military practices. Makes sense. Um. So that's the first lie. And then the second lie is that he had he says Castillo had I saw him with her handkerchief and he and he hasn't given it to Castillo yet he still has it on him mm-hmm. so those are two lies that are the circumstantial evidence and very flimsy evidence that Desdemona is having an affair yeah and Othello who has now had time to stew with with Iago's initial um suggestions is now being reinforced with these quote unquote facts right so and then at the end of this speech, <laughs> Othello is 100% convinced without ever talking to Desdemona within a one hour period, he is 100% convinced that she's guilty. Yeah. And so that is another reason why like the love thing is like why why I have a hard time believing or like I wouldn't describe the re- Othello's relationship to Desdemona as love. I don't believe. I think. I think like love is such a huge word, and it means something to me. It might mean something different to every everybody else. But but I think trust is trust and respect is very much encompassed within love, within like true romantic love or a deep romantic love. That I don't think it would be possible for him to have determined her guilt, and 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 at the same time have this deep romantic love that i would describe as that with res- that that includes respect and trust so that's a big caveat i'm making so just don't come out don't come don't come for me <laughs> like, like. yeah i think the the lack of trust is a huge component in this and i think that you know in line with the true character thing it makes sense to me that he doesn't have as much trust in people like that his trust is more fragile mm-hmm. um, because it seems like at an intimate level, Desdemona is the only person he trusts. 
um, I, and that he's ever let in. I mean, honestly, given his actions, I would argue that Iago is the only person he trusts. Iago's, well, I mean, he loses Desdemona and then he has to latch onto someone else. No, but it, he only Iago is the only person he ever takes his word for it. He takes nobody else's word for granted. Just Iago. I mean, you could say like emotionally feel safe with, but the only person he takes their word for granted is Iago. I mean, there's just a lot to unpack about what you just said, and I don't think I want to get into all That's of it. That's fair. That's fair. I, I just, I just, I, I just, I had a problem with that Desdemona is the only person he trusts. Trust with what, I guess. I guess that's the question. That's the, exactly. Trust with what? Exactly. Yeah, okay. Cool. I'm glad we figured that out yes. before we needed yeah, to. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, I don't want to go down this rabbit trail. <laughs> I really didn't. <gasps> okay. <laughs> So Man, the, I'm feeling the heaviness right now. It's yeah, like, it's, it's weighing on it's, me. It's, I'm like, I can, like, literally, it's just like my shoulders. Oh, man. It's there, man. So, and the reason why I say this, the why, like, you know, why I say, like, he didn't in love because he's not in love and because of all this shit, because he believes uh, Iago at the end of this conversation, is because at the end of the conversation, the conceit is we will kill Cassio within three days. And he's like, what about Dasdemona? Let her live. He's like, damn her. And then the conversation's over. So, like, it's unequivocal that that's the conceit that they're like, fuck, we'll kill both of them. They're guilty. Yeah. Based on very little circumstantial evidence. <laughs> I feel like a part of me still feels like you're you're being uh, pretty logical about it. And I think that there's a there's a level of it that's not logical at all. That's very gut and very, like, you know, like, that's not... Like, of course they shouldn't do that. Like, of course this is a terrible idea, but, like, mm. I, I'm, not, I'm also not condoning it. Again, I want to say that again. Because I, uh, I, 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 I feel like when I say that, you think I'm condoning it or something. I, I mean, honestly, like, you, I, I get it. Like, some, like, you know me, like, I'm a robot. But, like, you say, like, I'm being logical about it. I mean, like, how else? Like, if I was, in, I, I, I am putting myself in his shoes. And if somebody told me, that my lover was cheating on me, but only had, oh, I saw them there, I saw them there, and, you know, like, and, that I, and like, if only, I've only had the hearsay of, of, of one person, like, it, it would, the, the logical response isn't, they're guilty, let's act on that conclusion. It's, it's not that. It's, I have now cause to investigate further. Well, I feel like that's what, they do, or at least that's what Iago says. Like they have, a, they have multiple conversations. They do, where, and then he's bringing him more and more. And even at the beginning, like he's like, I would have ocular proof. Like I want to see this happening, or I'm not going to believe it. And Iago's like, What? Like how would we possibly? Like you really want to see them having sex? And also, how would I be able to help you see them having sex? And also, they're going to be sneaky about it. Like we're not going to be able to catch them literally having sex especially if we start investigating they're gonna be they're not gonna be doing it as much because they're gonna like be hiding from that and so othello goes okay i don't need to see it literally but i do need to like see some proof that's like more concrete which is when the handkerchief comes into play yeah i guess you're right he does like he does recant on that he does like backtrack that a little bit not backtrack it but they just don't acknowledge it again and he does say he gets mad at Iago because he's like, are you trying to fuck with me now? I want proof. Even though, yeah, but like at the, at the end of that other conversation, he did say, kill Iago, kill, kill Cassio in three days and damn her. But then he's like, 
Yeah, he's going back and forth. He's like on an emotional roller coaster at the moment. Mm-hmm. You're right. And, and I think the other thing to bring into bear with this aspect of the conversation, too, is like just the trauma that he has likely experienced from being at war. And also there's a slight trauma. And this is weird, too. But like a concern for him of the war being over, like now that the war's over, like his usefulness to the state is gone, at least for now, at least for the foreseeable future. So like that's that's emotionally wrought. I believe that. Which could mean the end of his relationship with Desdemona. I, I believe that and I feel that. And I'm not saying that you're arguing for the play for this. But I consider that um, I would consider that a, a a shortcoming of the play. If that's what he's feeling, what I mean, we have soliloquies and we have them put all of their internal dialogue into them to show what they're feeling and what they're worried about. If that's one of the things that they're worried about, I think that's a little. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's a time period thing. Maybe it's obvious to everybody in the crowd during Shakespeare's time. So maybe that's like a some sort of adjustment that we could like ask that we could like somehow bridge that gap but if i need to consider that in order to f- understand his mental state like i i that's it's a it's a little too nuanced and deep i feel like for for me to be for ex- me to be expected to understand it though i will grant that like sure if that's the case and that's just something that we talk about now so people who do see it do understand that and then they're thus enjoy the play more cool but like or I, if it's I, something I, that like a choice is made in the play that makes that clear like you know he has maybe he has his uniform on the whole play and then ooh, once the that would war be is over then like he takes it off and is like putting it on a hanger oh that would and, like be... looking at it and being like fuck you you're know, right just, that that yeah. would be fantastic something like that and, and and also yeah that that might yeah like his his whole like viability to exist in this higher society for, it, in which normal circumstances he would be exiled from is is tied to war. Mm-hmm. And if they're not in war, his, yeah, his, exactly. his, 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 cur- his currency has run out. Yeah. So fucking, that's a great point. I, I totally get that. I just, I don't know. It's, it's almost like, it's, and, I, and I'm pulling in a trap that we've fallen to before where I'm like, no, Chloe, like, like fuck that! Like I'm not. The play didn't tell me that, so it's not fair. It shouldn't be on the test. Right, like, right. Like, it shouldn't be on the test. That's so funny. <laughs> and so I'm not quite saying that, but like I, yeah, like you. I'm not arguing for for it for this production, but I'm saying like, I'm saying that for my money, that is a given circumstance of the text of this play, and if we want to bring it into bear, we should. Mm-hmm. And I think we should. I think something should tell us that that's affecting him. I agree. I think that would help. Anyway. Uh, okay. So we have like a, a, another scene that comes in. Is like there's a lot of shit that happens right now because we like cast, not cast you, um, Iago con- concocts this like little scenario in which everybody is seeing the same thing, but everybody has different angles on what they think it means. Right. And so. It's like a Rorschach test. Yeah. <laughs> like fucking. Uh, Amelia has like a so- small conversation with Desdemona and doesn't admit that she has a handkerchief, even though Amona like an Des- asshole. Even though Desdemona is like, I'm looking for this handkerchief, and he's like pissed that it's gone. And Amelia is like, suck. Yeah, basically, basically. <laughs> and uh, and then very quickly that 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 you know changes scenes. And, I did uh, have this one moment. I'm so sorry. I, I know you're trying to move on, but I did have this one moment in this production 
where I was like, what if Amelia is in love with Desdemona and is trying to turn her against Othello? And then I was like, that's dumb and overcomplicating things. But I had a moment. <laughs> you love that storyline. It's like, so fun. Like, what if, fuck the boys. This, this girl's in love with the other girl. <laughs> No, Not everything just... is two double kinsmen, all right? <laughs> no, two double kinsmen. We'll talk about that. It's 100% that. Um yeah, I was just saying not everything is that. The, no, it's, so, it's not. It's not. And so, I, I recant what I had thought. <laughs> but I thought it was a fun theory to share. It was fun. Somebody um, read an essay. So that happens. And then Cassio, you know, has this handkerchief that he found in his bedroom. And he gives it to Bianca. And Bianca is like, this is from some other winch. And Othello is witnessing this. And he's in it. But the whole point of him witnessing it is just to witness that at some point, Cassio had possession of his mother's handkerchief that he had he had gotten from his mother and given to Desdemona. All right, weird. It's like it's, we're about to get into weird fucking um, uh, handkerchief territory. No, I was gonna say fucking uh, soap opera territory. We're like he said this and he said this and it they totally said that. Is yeah. Um, and then so Iago has, and then so then they both leave and now we're in the bathroom again with which the bathroom that Cassio and Bianca just left. Fuck, it's a complicated and. Othello and Iago are talking now. They're like, "What's going on?" And 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 he's like, "It's kind of complicated. It's kind of confusing. I wasn't quite sure what Othello was supposed to be thinking." But anyway, Othello is like, "I still need more proof." And and Iago is like, he tells lie number three now. He says, "Cassio confessed it to me. Cassio told me that he fucking did it." Mm-hmm. And so, because like, it sounds like Iago's getting desperate now, because Othello was not gonna like. So he just had to like lie again. And then Cassio comes back in the bathroom and Othello goes back into the stall to hide and he's talking to Iago and then he has Cassio boast about Bianca and how Bianca loves him and follows him around and she just wants my dick so hard and she's thirsty. <laughs> but then Othello is meant to believe that Cassio is talking about Desdemona. And right. so like that is when it's supposed to be enough proof for Othello that oh I have Iago's word I have Cassio's quote unquote confession and yeah and so that that's that's an, that's enough and so like you know he uh, Cassio leaves and now Othello has the same like emotional reactions that's so strong that it becomes physical like he has like a fucking seizure yeah he's like it's it's like that bad oh I yeah I I I, I Cannot, imp- I can't, I can't imagine what it's like to be in like that much emotional stress. I like the most emotional stress I've been in in my life did affect me physically, mm-hmm. but not to that extent. I didn't like break down and have a fucking seizure. Like mm-hmm. I've been cheated on and it was like fucking life changing. Yeah. But like, not like that. So mm-hmm. like, I, I'm taking, I'm taking it, I'm taking it for, I'm taking it as his word. I'm just, I'm, I was going to say it also might point to his previous trauma too. Yeah. Like, it, and I think that that's supposed to, help us realize there's there's more going on here than just i'm jealous or i think she cheated on me it's like he has a lot wrapped up in this relationship with desdemona in a kind of codependent way for sure so yeah after that happens othello and and othello and iago have another like you know resolving into the conversation they're like all right i'll i'll kill her and uh iago's like kill the beast (laughs) iago's like no 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 strangler that's good. Do it in that bed. 
and Della's like, yeah, I like that. That's 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 a poetic justice for that bitch. And uh, and then he's like, and Iago's like, even though he's still like playing it, like like I guess I'll I guess I'll help you too. He's like, even though Cassio's my friend, I'll kill him. And and Otello's like, man, you're so good. You kill your friend for me. You're, fucking, you're the best, you're the best guy, you're the best friend a man could have. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I know. Wink, wink. <laughs> One thing I really don't like about that Othello does is that like he does this like whole coy game, and it's so bitchy. And it I was re- especially coy in this production. Oh man, I mean, I mean, all the productions I've seen, it's like that. It's like you know, Desdemona. Once he's decided, it's definitely textual too. Yeah. Once he's decided her guilt, she's like, like, hey, what's up? And he's, he's like, oh, what is up? <laughs> You would say it that. It is like that. She's, it's she's, totally she's, she's like, like that. She's like, nothing. I'm just like, you know, going to the movies. Like, a movie? A, a really? Oh, a movie? Who are you going to watch with? With who? It's like, mm. just, just some friends. Oh, I bet they're good friends. Like, yeah. Like, it's so bitchy. I'm just like, just fucking say what you want to say. Yeah. Like, oh my God. And he, and there's like, there's like two full scenes worth of this. And on um, this one, once, because of this, like, there's another like subplot where like, Othello is being sent home and Cassio is going to, you know, quote unquote rule in where are we at? Like Cyprus in his mm-hmm. stead. And so that's already been decided and, and Othello's got a letter of it. So he thinks like, oh, but Cassio gets to fuck my wife and he gets promoted. Like, fuck this motherfucker. Yeah. But he can only, he only Which takes Which also it. speaks to the, we don't need you anymore kind of shit. Yeah. And also, they're pulling. If we're talking about like Angela's like um, um, domestic abuse, abuse through line, he takes that anger and takes it out on Desdemona. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Well, I guess he knows that, that Iago's going to kill Cassio. So I guess it's like even spread, whatever. Um, he does the whole coy thing again with Desdemona. Desdemona is like she can turn and she can turn again because all the senators come to be to like you know come and see Cyprus with the place we conquered and they talk to Othello and they don't really know him very much they've heard about him mm-hmm. and so they but, were in that little conference room meeting yeah I don't think they knew him much before that that was see it seemed like it must be you know because like every time Othello does something I'm like is this the kind just valiant more we've heard of so like clearly they don't fucking know him. I like their voices. Yeah, <laughs> they're like the old Muppet dudes in yes, the balcony. Yes, yes. <laughs> Seems kind of pretty, pretty dumb. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Thanks. Uh, so Othello is like, you know, she can turn and turn again. Like, with like she's a fucking wench, and I don't like her. They're like, that's your wife, dude. He's like, whatever. Pop slaps her, and uh, <laughs> she's like. So confused, which she should be, because she's done nothing wrong and only tried to be nice and put up with a lot of his shit, honestly. So, I mean, like, I don't know what else she could have done besides, like, ran, maybe? Like, there's nothing else she could have done to convince him. She Every time that something happens, she doesn't, like, let it lie. She tries to be like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, she tries to talk it out. She really does. She asks him point blank, what's wrong, a lot, and he's like... Oh, what is wrong? And he just keeps playing coy, and I'm like, "Fuck off!" Like, right. say what you. I hate, I hate lack of confrontation. It really like like be bold enough to do it, and then also do it. I don't know maturely. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Like like I like that. I don't feel like is emotionally driven. It just feels it feels like immaturity. Like it doesn't feel 
I don't know. Anyway, I'm just, I just, it, it rubs me the wrong way. And I don't like Yeah, it. I don't know. But we keep referencing back to so many of these things he's doing and being like, oh, that's so high school. It's so bitchy. And yeah. like, it is. I like, guess I feel it like is. he I is g- kind of stunted in that yeah, way. Like, he doesn't he's kinda, know how to deal with that. He has yeah. had so much less experience. Yeah. He's like, he, well, what have you been up to? <laughs> yeah. What is up? What, I really like, what's up? What is up, Desdemona? What is up? <laughs> He's so bitchy and I, like it, it really doesn't like when I think of like mature, valiant, mm-hmm. brave general, I think someone who is very comfortable with confrontation is and is probably like excels at confrontation in the most positive and effective way. And so to see someone just like be such at a square one with this different flavor of confrontation right. is so jarring and like just annoying to me <laughs> that's so funny i think i think that the difference is the different flavor yeah i believe it yeah i know it's not the same but thing. it is still frustrating i hear you and I, I, I do recognize that it's not the same thing i wasn't yeah. expecting it to be but like it but i just yeah. i've i react to it naturally as like shut the fuck up <laughs> i agree and honestly the thing you were saying before about like when they're like when iago suggests well why don't you strangle her in the bed and he's like that's poetic justice that to me is is not the first moment, but it's the the biggest early moment for me going like, I'm done. I'm done with this guy. I yeah. can't. I can't anymore. He's yeah. a villain. Yeah. Because he has the opportunity to even be like, Iago, what the fuck? Yeah. You know, like that could be the moment that he snaps out of it. Yeah. And he doesn't. Yeah. He just goes all in. Yeah. He's uh, all in. I, I found Othello to be very villainous. And mm. I think that's part of my, I think that ha- this, I think this happens to you sometimes too, but it's, it's happening to me right yeah, now. Yeah. Where we group in what others may, what we fear other people may think of the play as like the play's fault. Like I think part of what scares you and what worries you and what makes you comfortable about Twelfth Night is what the political, like the political implications that we talked yeah. about. And like when we say Othello is like manipulated by Iago to do this, that it, it that is so disgusting to me that I am worried about it. I'm like. Like no, Othello is a villain. Like he, like, like he's not completely a terrible person. He ex- expresses remorse. He's not the Joker or anything like that. But I mean, like, I do not. I he's not divorced of this choice he made that was completely his own. Right. So for us to like, so like I, I some I feel like I may be emotionally grouping in my my analysis and judgment of the play with my fear of people saying it's about Iago manipulating Othello. And I'm like, no, you cannot say that without the caveat of the choices Othello made. And that like, I, I can't let it go. And it like, it bothers me that that may be a, a, a common or even, a, or even like a large group of people who think of it that way. It mm. really like, it's like, I, I think it's bothering me. I think, I think that's what's happening when when I'm when I'm like when I'm balking so much at that prospect that makes so much sense uh and I feel like that was really well put too like I just uh, I don't know I feel like that boils down a lot of what we've been talking about in a really good way yeah yeah I hope so I I also think um what was I gonna say I don't know I, I can't even remember what I was gonna say I'm just kind of sitting with that that's really uh um, oh I was gonna ask I was gonna ask like do you feel like part of that is almost kind of the the in a way, do you feel like that like limits what people like limits Othello's agency, like limits his own like even though it's him doing something terrible, like that it that if we like just write it off as like, well, it's Iago's fault, then it like makes Othello somehow like more two dimensional or like Well, or like less 
responsible. Right. And which is, that's a terrible maxim or like value or like to take away from this. Yeah. That I can be manipulated into murdering somebody like that. No, you pulled the trigger. You are responsible. And it's just a, it's, it's, it's not just uncomfortable to me for like the prospect as if it feels icky. Like it is wrong. It's fundamentally wrong. And it's, and it's it's a dangerous way to think about your responsibility in in the way that you interact with others people like that's why we like you need to we 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 try to teach people how to think we have freedom of speech we have we like we try to it's the way our justice system is supposed to work in theory so but that's a good thing but i mean yeah i I think it's also just an important way for society to work like how would that work if i if if i could be excused of these terrible deeds because i was quote-unquote manipulated Mm -hmm. Like and like I said, we we feel a little bit less harsh on someone like Rodrigo because he seems so stunted and less capable. But like especially on someone who Othello, who is yeah. not young, who is not naive, who is a leader of men in a position of um, absolute authority to us to excuse something because he was manipulated. And it's so like and I know saying that he was manipulated doesn't say excuse. And you can be like, I didn't say that. But like. If that's the what thing you're focusing on, that is the implication. Mm-hmm. Like, and and that's why I made the very specific choice to say they're mutually exclusive. One of one means less of the other. More, yes. yes. So I, I'm waiting to be convinced otherwise. But like, I think that's pretty clear. I think I think that I hear what you're saying about more of one means less of the other between manipulation and agency. And I, I think I almost think they're separate. I think that. But this is just, you know, for my money and the way that I look at humanity. Like, I think that, like, the idea you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink or whatever is like, of like, you know, you can manipulate me all you want into a corner, but at the end of the day, I I still have a a choice no matter what. Then in that case, then they're not, like, it's, it's a very semantic argument, but that's what makes it, I think, pretty clear. Like, if you could make it drink then it would be manipulated and or if you could make me do something and if you can't make me do something then i'm a, like if you can then you're if, not manipulated is what if, you're if, saying if, yeah. yeah exactly if if you can't make me do something then i'm 100% responsible if i do it yeah so like yeah there's you can put pressure on people in there that like puts like adds the like, context of the situation in which iago and othello are culpable for this situation but othello does not escape i don't think like my like the judgment of you know what we're judging this fictional character of doing yeah i agree anyway (laughs) um othello is in then he othello like goes i think we find him in the bedroom again yeah he goes to desdemona's bedroom and he's like emptying out all her shit yeah he's like looking emilio's there he's looking for something yeah emilio comes in and he and yeah, I wrote down like like last chance. <laughs> it wasn't his last chance. No, honestly, it was though. Like, it was it was in in some senses it was because Amelia was like, "Yo, what's wrong?" He's like, "Desdemona cheated on me." He, she's like, "That did not happen. That's never happened. None of this shit happened." Listen to me. Don't listen to Iago. I, I'm fucking telling you, it didn't happen. And but to be clear, she doesn't know that Iago's the one putting this in his head. She doesn't. You're correct. She's like, don't listen to whoever's talking to you about yeah. this. Like, like, like he's like, she never sent you away. She never did anything with Iago. She's like, never, never, nope, never. Nope, She's nope, the truest nope, person nope, ever. Nope, yeah. And he's not hearing it. Were they ever alone together? Nope. Did they ever whispered? Nope. Like all of it. 
he's he's he, he's not even seeing her. He's just looking straight past her. Yeah, he's just still like throwing open her suitcase and throwing all the stuff in the. And floor. then I then I wrote after that like he finally confronts Desdemona after all of this shit goes down. Fucking finally, and I'm like I'm 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 still I'm mad at him at this point because I'm like should have fucking said something. Yeah. Um. She denies it, and he just he's not having it, and like at w- at which point. We can't even have this conversation. This this conversation is pointless if you can't take me for my word about what I'm saying. Right. Then I think Othello leaves, and then uh, Amelia comforts Desdemona. Amelia and Iago come in after that. Yes. And they both comfort <laughs> fuck, Desdemona. They comfort Desdemona. Desdemona and Desdemona. I'm just gonna call it Double D. Double, <laughs> Double D is like he's fucking being an asshole. I don't know why he's saying this shit. I never did it. And then and then Iago's like. Really? I I didn't know he could be an asshole. I didn't, he could, what do you him? mean? Him? Why? Oh, that's terrible. Why? And I guess like when I when I like go through it all like logistic like uh, chronologically, he has never like he's somehow been in the right place at the right time to n- never be seen saying the wrong thing around the wrong person. So right. like he's played it pretty good. It just happens that he like he swings for the fences and it just blows up in his face at the end. But like Iago tells Rodrigo at this point. So like now, now Rodrigo has been <laughs> oh my God. sent on so many errands to do things that have not gotten him any in, closer in to his goal. In this war zone that Iago invited him to, I, I re- on the prospect of getting with Desdemona, who is married. <laughs> I real, I really like the costume choice too, because like his like like diet Chad like outfit, yes, is kind of almost looks like like reporter. And so, like he, they kind of almost kind of blends like, in. Like he has like these like like you know business casual clothes on him w- with a flak jacket on and like a press badge. It looks like yeah. So like which is a really good like s- seamless like little thing of like why he's in the war zone. Yeah. And so he just apparently like comes from money and has some money anyway, and he's like trying to like get with Desdemona. But anyway, so he's been like sent on so many errands that co- that, that don't help him at all, but seem to only serve uh, Iago. And finally, he g- he gets up the nerve and he's like. Yeah, I go. You're being an asshole to me. I don't think you're playing fair, and I think you're just trying to trying to like manipulate me, and I'm not having it. And then Yago is like, "That's some backbone. I really like that." And he's like, "He's like, really? What? <laughs> he's just like, me? he's he's just just shooting fish in a barrel. He's just just easy easy pickings for go? for Yago." And Yago's like, "All right, but he, all you gotta do is now you gotta kill Castillo." And Rusher goes like, "What?" what? <laughs> he's, he's like. I don't know about that. He's like, no, 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 you definitely got to do it. And then fucking Desdemona is yours. And it's it's the most lazy manipulation. Which, it, it's which, such a Hail Mary, too, because it's like, uh, so Desdemona is actually in love with Cassio, so you should kill him, and then you're set. It's like, it just it just clues into how naive, I mean, like, I was, was going to say stupid, but, like, sure, I'll go with naive and, like, un-understanding of anybody else that Rodrigo is, as if... As if, as if it's like love works that way and you're just next in line. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. <sighs> a very bright-eyed 16-year-old boy would be, honestly, even like 15-year-old boy. I know. Would be like a, a perfect Yago casting. That's, that's, a, that's a great choice. I, 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 I want to see that, honestly. Thank you. And it, and it also makes us like, it would make Iago that much more evil and us feel a lot more. Because honestly, like, yeah, uh, Rodrigo functions as like just like kind of like a a Joker card that can do anything. Yeah, just because it's just he's just he's a, like a wild card. A, he's an extension of Ra, uh, Iago's will. Yeah, 
and and kind of like a blank slate. I don't really see him as anything. <laughs> but I would if, if he was a, a young kid. boy. Yeah. Yeah. And then so Amelia and De- so I- um, Iago leaves and to go do that plot with with Rodrigo and then Amelia and Desdemona have like this conversation. Oh, they have their little song and they're having their beer outside. Yeah. And Amelia and Desdemona. And then Amelia has her speech about men. Mm-hmm. That's a really, really good speech. I can see why people pointed that and say that Amelia loves Desdemona. <laughs> but no, that's just me making it's, that up. It's, yeah. not an, it's not enough. No, and it's it, it not. wouldn't work. But I can see what you mean. Because like, like Amelia almost is, is, is very cynical about men. And I think it has a lot to do with the fact that she's married to Iago, who's a piece of shit. Yeah. And she... But she... What she does say about all men could easily be just replaced with Iago's name yeah. and it would work. So I don't know. I have no doubt that, you know, <laughs> they go, I mean, uh, women's suffrage is, is a thing. So like, so like, it's, it's not that she's like wrong or anything, but she is. Uh, she has a skewed experience for sure. Yes. And she's like, very... she has a very specific experience. She's also in the military, which I really like as a choice for her because she's probably seen a lot of kind of toxic masculinity of, yeah. situations. Um, and I think that I really liked the way she played it in this one. I really liked this Amelia. Um, I felt like she, like, I've seen a lot where, you know, she's just, the, the main objective is like, she's comforting Desdemona and she's like, you know, men are assholes sometimes and it really sucks. I think she's like, she's like, she's like projecting too. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but in this one, she was like, like, look, men will get what they want and so you've got to get what you want and you should get revenge because he fucked with you and it's like you... You yeah. need to activate yourself. You need to militarize yourself in some ways. She's, like you can't let him fucking walk all over you because you're gonna get fucked over. She's talking to herself. Yeah, she's her talking, past self. I'm it, sure it was exactly her when she that, first that's, married Iago. That's, that's how they played it, honestly, and it yeah, worked really it was well. Great. Um, and they had their little song together, and she gave her a beer, and they were mm-hmm. like, "It's gonna, it's gonna be okay." But like, but like, Desdemona like didn't quite drip by into it at the end because like Amelia like went. Over very far and was just like like they're fucking they use us and they do all these things and she like basically went and said like fuck men and, and Desdemona wasn't quite about it no she wasn't she was like even though this has happened I don't like I still love him yeah which also sucks but also like makes sense Desdemona was like the most virtuous and like most patient and like understanding and like willing to risk everything for like somebody else she was the most selfless character yeah which was which which is a device for writing this story because it makes everybody else that much more evil for fucking killing her (laughs) so true but uh it's also just like sad (laughs) yeah sad it makes me when i when i'm when you're done with this play you're gonna feel sad and mad yeah and nothing else yeah uh so i remember the scene where where othello kills her and I've seen it in multiple productions, a mm-hmm. handful of productions. But like somehow I still forgot the logistics of how it happened. And like in because probably because it's scarred and I for life known, and you're trying to block it out. I should have known it because I've seen it before. And like I forgot. Oh, yeah. She needs to have that line. So she can't be dead yet. But I forgot. And it was awful. It's it was awful. So like, he bad. starts to kill her. And okay, then she's I'm, I'm fucking. Oh, you're going to go through it. He's going to go through it. So Here we go. He confronts her. And she's and she finally he finally is like asking her like what's up what's going on she's like no I didn't do it but he's so past this point now he's like the murder's been premeditated mm-hmm. he's he's spent all his time psyching himself up to this and finding every other evidence 
about her doings, none of which can be actual evidence because they live in the time they live in and you can't get evidence unless you see it happening. And the last person he asks is her when it's far too late. And he finally asks her about the handkerchief now. Now he After asks After Cassio her, is literally dead. Right? In his mind, at yeah, least. He th- yeah, he thought, he thought uh, Iago was go- gone through with killing Cassio already. So he's <sighs> like, all the chips are falling. This is the last domino. Mm. And then all will be right with the world. And I'll be right in my assumption that there is no love and there's no happiness for me. Yay! <laughs> right now is when he asks about the handkerchief. And I'm like, you son of a bitch. And so, like, on, on its face, if you were watching a production of this that, you know, didn't set up all of these very difficult nuances to set up and didn't knock down all these dominoes, you might be asking yourself... This play is, why is this play even a thing? Because all he had to do was ask her about the handkerchief from the beginning and we would have solved all these problems. And that is kind of true, but it makes a lot more sense if you, with this really well thought out production. Yeah. That, you know, like, like Iago had a more intricate web than I previously might have thought. But I'm still fucking mad at him because he was like, now you fucking mentioned the handkerchief? And she says... She's like, no, I don't fucking know. And he's like, doesn't matter. You're still guilty. I shouldn't even ask because I wasn't going to listen to anything you said. Uh, and he's like, that's it. You're dead. And she, and like in this, the way the productions I've seen, they play it this way too, but it's just awful because she's like, doesn't, she doesn't like go quietly into that good night. She doesn't, <laughs> she doesn't say like, you know, I don't like this. This is bullshit. Go ahead and kill me. You son of a bitch. Just uh-huh. Take it. She screams bloody murder yeah. the whole fucking time. And it's like uh, your skin crawls and it's probably fucking supposed to because yeah. it's fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. And he smothers her with the pillow. She's fighting. She's screaming bloody murder. It's fucking I'm sure everybody in the in the audience is in a cold sweat and she's fighting him. And then finally her body starts to go limp. And then who knocks on the door? But Amelia is like, hey, y'all, want to talk to my mistress? Hey, yo, motherfucker. I don't know what time it is, but I'm talking to my mistress. Mm hmm. Uh, oh, also, because, yeah, because because Cassio got hurt. Because right. shit's going down. General, we need you. Right. And he's like, oh, do I answer? Do I keep choking her? Do I answer? Do I keep, do I keep choking her? Uh, she seems dead. I'll let the pillow off. And uh, she's not dead. She's still alive. Uh-huh. And she probably is thinking, I might get through this. I'm not dead. And he lifts the pillow off. He might have changed his mind. Mm-hmm. I'm going through the most awful death. And then he's like, "Mm, nah, I'm gonna kill you. He fucking starts choking her out. He chokes her out and she's all, and she's like, it's even worse now because she's probably looking her in the eyes and he's like doing it. And then like Amelia's still knocking on the door and he's like looking at the door and he's like, "Mm, she ain't dead yet. I'm just keep choking her more. Dude, he he like didn't look at her though while he was choking her. Yeah, but I'm saying she was like just so heartbreak. I'm saying she was looking at him. Right. Uh, and he's fucking choking her and then like Amelia still knocking on the door and I wrote down like still not dead like I was so mad I, right. for- I forgot that that was the thing mm-hmm. and uh oh but it's worse than and that then, and then he stops and then finally she's dead and then Amelia opens the door and he and he, he, he tries to he tries to like position her body like she's sleeping and then uh and, uh, and Amelia opens the door and she's like, oh, you know, Othello, like shit's happening. What's going on? What's up? My mistress, mistress. And then she's like, she starts moving again. And I'm like, oh, she's why, why is she moving? She's dead. Oh, she's not dead. And she's still alive. 
I'm just, I, it, oh, it kills me. Like, I, I can't believe, I've seen this play so many times and I forgot. That yeah. I, I forgot she talks to Amelia right before she dies. <laughs> so bad. And uh, she talks to Amelia and she's just like, Amelia's like, what happened? She's like, nothing. I did this to myself. And then she dies. And I'm like, she's the most virtuous flower. My, she's fucking killed. Like, That's like, so sad. She's, she, yeah, of course, of course they did that. Just tug on your heartstrings a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Just like. She could do no wrong, mm-hmm. and you motherfuckers killed her. Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like the um, Stannis's daughter when he burned her alive. Like, oh like, God, yeah, just like just like complete innocence. And yes, like, and like Davos is like she was good, and you killed her. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, like that's, that's what the I whole feel like. audience. That's what I she feel like. She was good, and you killed her. Yeah, and like and like in. Othello is Melisandre. And then that's what Amelia does. <laughs> no, no, no. Iago's Melisandre. Othello, yes. o- Othello is Stannis. <laughs> oh my God. That's it. That's it. <laughs> oh my God. He is the prince that was promised. No, he's not. God. Iago is a redheaded temptress with real old saggy boobs. Uh, <laughs> that does not surprise me at all. Color me not surprised. So... He totally of, is. Dig, You're right. Stick ourselves out of this little hole, and so now the play like comes to its like final conclusion, and now it all concludes. Well, wait. Do we see a yeah? Yeah. We the we, we do. They do show Cassio, you know, trying to get killed by Rodrigo, but like he not is working. Not yet dead. They, yeah. <laughs> he is not yet dead. So. Yeah, they they like Cassio. Uh, Rodrigo just like is incompetent and fails at killing Cassio and shoots him in the leg. And Cassio shoots Rodrigo in the leg, and they're both like in the dark. And they're like, "What's happening? What's happening?" And in, in the confusion, Iago go ahead and betrays Rodrigo, fucking murders him again. That'd be so much more tragic and terrible for a sixteen-year-old boy. And I'm telling you, and then like Iago like paints himself as like coming to Cassio's rescue. He's like, "This is all working out for me. I always come out on top. I look I'm looking so dope right now." I'm gonna go check in on the other side of the plan. Oh shit, is blowing up in my face. So they're all in the the murder scene, which should have like police tape around it right now. Cause, yeah. Because fucking Desdemona is straight up dead. She got murked, and <laughs> and um now because Amelia's in the same room with Iago, like that's like was just like a the 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 chink in the armor of the plan. Like if if Amelia was ever in the same room as Iago, with this going on. Like you would not see the same thing because Amelia was right. not, not a co-conspirator. She was actively like she like despises and resents Iago. <laughs> so was, and she also loves Desdemona or like recognizes her as at least like some innocent person who does not deserve to be mixed up in this fucked up world. Right. And she will give her life to for for the honor of her mistress. Yeah. Which she does. So fuck she. <laughs> Like the the story, like Iago's story completely falls apart because like uh, uh, Amelia now realizes the significance of the fucking handkerchief, and she like it all falls apart. Like I could say who says what, but I think it, the only important thing is that yeah. it all falls apart. And then Iago's outed, and his plan is outed, and then and Othello now is like experiencing the remorse of his action. Like he had he had the world, and now he has to grapple with the fact that. He threw it away. Mm-hmm. Even he himself holds himself responsible yes. because he should. Yep. Um, and that is pretty awful to watch. And they linger on this scene for a long time. It's not yeah. quick. And I feel like in a certain way, that is another 
even deeper level to the tragedy. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that is the rock bottom of the tragedy is him finding out and him having that remorse for what he did. Yeah, we, we, we called this tragedy like an ugly tragedy. Yeah. Because like, again, like comparing it to Romeo and Juliet, we feel like we feel like there's like a certain like tidal force of nature that is pushing these young 13 and 15 year old teens with their heightened emotions and their and their and their mm-hmm. and their warped and like probably simplistic and, and volatile view of what love is into into like into, into thinking that this is the most important thing that will ever happen if i don't get it i'll never recover and we 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 do like we do infantilize them a little bit like at least i do like i yeah. i i i i, I I see it as if they, I like, I, I'm, I'm like, oh, there's things that they don't understand. Like, I, like, like, I'm giving them like, like, I'm, it's weird because I'm, 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 I'm like, I'm excusing some of what they do, but that has the added implication of saying they're not developed enough to get it yet. Mm. So, like, you both, if one is true, the other's true, yeah. and that's what I'm doing. I don't know if that's what everybody does with Romeo and Juliet, but I'm, I'm doing that. And that is part of the tragedy of what, like, like the tidal force of nature that I'm that I'm describing is consistent. It is one thing pushing in one direction, right? Which which make which helps the tragedy be a lot more clearer. Like you feel like no, like, and everybody tried to convince them otherwise. Everybody tried to speak reason to them, and they were utterly convinced that I will have this or I will have death, mm-hmm. and that is what's tragic because I feel like it's not their fault. Yeah. And I feel like there was nothing anyone have, could have done to done something to about it. And that is like the sweet kind of beautiful, bitter irony tragedy of that. Yeah. But Othello is not quite that. It is so much messier and weirder and and like who's responsible and what all these things. Like it's ugly. Yeah. But it, I guess, tragic fits. But I feel like it, it, now the word feels bigger and the word feels like it's tugging at itself. Yeah. It feels, I don't know what to call it. And that's part of like the pain we're experiencing and trying to categorize what the fuck is happening. I think so, too. I'm thinking about it as well. And in a weird way, and this is this is also like boiling it down too much because it's it, it, what what we're feeling is that it's the opposite of boiled down. So this is definitely <laughs> over, an oversimplification, but in a certain way. With these two lovers that are from, like, that are being pushed apart by a circumstance and it ending in tragedy, it almost feels like a grown-up version of Romeo and Juliet, where it's like, all of these problems have been just amplified and made more complicated and disgusting, and how much responsibility do we have, and how much are our circumstances pushing on us, and et cetera. Yeah, I... I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That is boiling it down a lot. I don't, Way too much. Yeah. Like, it, I will not hang my hat on that for a second, but just to draw maybe like a little a little dotted line between yeah. the two of them and not not to say that they're the same at all. Yeah. But just just it's an interesting comparison to make in my mind. And like, yeah. what? We, I, yeah, exactly. How are, do how are they similar? There right? are some things like, yeah, somebody for it, <laughs> like, this might in a weird way be like a response to someone saying Romeo and Juliet's like way too simplistic and it's too young. It's like, all right, well, look at, look at this. <laughs> like, like, 
and, we'll go watch and, Othello. And you did uh, look it up, and Othello was definitely written after Romeo and Juliet. Right, which we looked up because it feels like Rodrigo, Rodrigo is, is, is bizarro like, Romeo. Yes, he is. He's like dark and twisty universe. It's uh, To reference community, it's the darkest timeline yeah. version of Romeo, basically. Because yeah. it's, it's like Romeo if he had a terrible a terrible fucking influence as yeah. opposed to Friar Lawrence. Romeo was. I, I was like, you horny bitch. Like, you're not in love. <laughs> And I'm sure that that's the feedback Shakespeare was getting from people too. They're Maybe like, they, it was get it. No. <laughs> get what love is. That would be it's funny. Like, okay, that would be funny if it's like some like modern intellectual just being like, oh, I don't know Shakespeare. This is, this is fucking this is fucking <laughs> whack. I'm writing this in my newspaper. He's like, oh yeah. Have you seen Othello? Um. You so will yeah. In like so then, ten years. So, so, so then. <laughs> so you you will from either from somewhere within this ten year range because they won't have. A we will. clear date in history about this because some of the records will be lost. You sound like Rick from Rick and Morty. <laughs> so Amelia confesses to everything and, you know, and, and thus outs Iago. So there's a couple of like very weird choices that were made. Oh, right we got to talk about that. That, yeah. that really, that really takes some of the wind out of the sails of this last scene. Because and it's honestly, unfortunate this was a, because it's not the actor's fault. Mm-mm. And it was an amazing production overall. It just left us with a slightly weird taste in our mouth. It's funny, yeah, these yeah. two technical uh, things. Exactly. I, I will give this production like uh, give it all the all the. All the times I've seen Othello again, which is like one production a buttload of times, and seeing how how alive a production can be and how much it can shift from the first performance to the last performance, mm-hmm. so that was enlightening for me. And two, all the different movie productions and like a few other stage productions I've seen. Right, I have really struggled with trying to get on board with this play and just to understand what happened. This play not only made me made it crystal clear what was going on, but also like why and it made me believe a lot more things that I didn't think I could even like believe in like beyond that. So I'll give this production a 9.5 as far as like hitting the target. Mm-hmm. What we're struggling is with is whether we like the target. Exactly. We think the target is maybe really fucked up. <laughs> right. We're not yeah. I yeah, I think I think so. I yeah. think it might be really fucked up. So, so given that, like all the actors and like the people put on this pr- production on, fucking knocked it out of the park. We're we're, we're complete. We what we are looking past this production to the text and being like, what's happening? <laughs> right. Yeah. So anyway, in this last scene, a couple of things happen, and it's very technical wise. It's very like blocking wise or prop wise that takes some of the wind out of the sails. So. It's like, it, it, and I think I think they they have really big effects, even though they seem like small things. Yeah. First thing, we have we have to understand that that Desdemona is in the is in the process of outing Iago, so he has. Wait, a, you mean Amelia? I'm sorry, not Desdemona. Amelia. She's dead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my bad. She did. Paul. Amelia so... is in the purpose of. Consider it. <laughs> She's right there, Paul. Amelia is in the purpose of like outing Iago's plan. So Iago has every reason to like shut her up. So he tries to be like, get out of oh, here. Yeah. And she's like, no. And then, and then he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to hit you. And then he like, he goes up to her and then like, Lose. doesn't hit her and just stops. And I'm like, there's no, he has no reason to not hit her right now. Everything he even motioned, he tried to pull a gun on her and then, Everybody and then like don't he was like, oh, okay. And, and, then, and then he put it back in his poster. He should have shot her. And uh, he shoots her at the end. So like he is not morally conflicted on whether or not he's gonna kill her. But the stupid thing is that he waits until she confesses and outs him to right. kill her. He could have been fine, maybe. So he pulls his gun. <laughs> 
which like in like in the other productions I've seen, he pulls a sword and everybody like holds him back. Right. Like they should. Yes. So he pulls the gun as she starts talking and then inexplicably puts it back in his holster and then motions to hit her, but stops and then just looms one inch from her. As she continues her story yeah, and, with and no like, one holding him back. And he's like a head taller than her. So he's just kind of like standing, like looming over as, her, looking as, down as, at her face. As but not touch, like, I'm not touching you. Harry, I'm not touching you. Harry Potter was off stage and was like, Petrificus Totalis. Right. And, and he just like, just froze. And he don't, doesn't, doesn't know what like to do. Like the whole time that she is revealing his plot and that he is implicated in all of this. It's so bad. And I'm like, that is the worst choice ever. There, and there's like two or three military dudes standing behind, right behind her, her who are on her side yes. and, and wanting to find out what's happening. And so she's about to say, I have the truth. And then he's like motions to, and he just looms. I'm like, that was the worst blocking choice I've ever seen. Uh-huh. All those motherfuckers should have been holding him back and then they can have him break loose if they need. Oh yeah. So that was the first huge misstep that was like, it, like it was, I, I would hold, I would, I would uh, be hesitant to nitpick. That was just so so bad that it just like I was like, what is happening right, right. now? Like as I think we're pretty safe in like having that gripe. And the second thing that happens is that so after she outs him, and he inexplicably doesn't do anything, and then he breaks free. He some like then they hold him back or like he pulls a gun and shoots her and then leaves after she confessed everything and then he runs and they all chase him away and then Othello is by himself and he gets locked in there by like one of the governor people and he's like come in I, you know i like i'm not you know i yeah, that i that was weird too it's like i know i'm the bad guy here like i i i'm like my 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 adrenaline's faded i'm fucking i got a weapon but i'm not going to hurt you with it no like, he doesn't say he has a weapon he says he doesn't have a weapon but he pulls out this sword that's no, like a has, ceremonial sword you know yeah, okay, so a couple of things happen. So he pulls out the ceremonial sword and talks about it. Which is questionably sharpened? Yeah, and like, okay, okay, let me, let me back up a little bit. He pulls out the ceremonial sword, like, while everybody's still there, right? No, everybody's gone. He does okay. it while he's back. Yeah, okay, so I was right. So like, so everyone's gone. They were chasing down Iago, who just shot Amelia, and who's in the room now with, uh, with, with Othello and Desdemona alone. And she's like, lay me by my mistress, and she's like, fuck, I'm dying, and she just fucking dies in the bed. And then Othello pulls out. He's like, I have a sword. It's from Spain. And it's like fucking ceremonial. And we think it's sharpened. And we know Othello's going to kill himself at the end. So we're like, is he going to kill himself with this sword? And then everybody comes back. Yeah, it back. felt like a game of like, which thing will he use? <laughs> everybody comes back because they catch Iago and they bring him back. And then everybody's like, Iago, what's up, bro? Why'd you do this? And he's like, fuck you. What you know, you know. After this, I ain't going to say nothing else. And so like... I thought that was like a pretty telling, telling line about like, I never told you anything that wasn't true. Like you're, and I thought that would be, I thought that line would have, it seemed like it would have hit home a lot more if he never lied. I think you're putting, I think maybe. you have this really, I really interesting I, idea I, I of him really never lying. You should direction. write that play. Yeah, maybe I'm trying to force it that direction. But, um. He's like, but, so he's, like, he's like, what you know, you know. I ain't saying shit else, and that's it. Yeah. And then, and then, and then Othello, which is kind of the worst thing he can do at this point. It's like the meanest thing he can do is not reveal anything more about how it all went down. Yeah, like it's the only power he has left. Uh, I think, I think right before that though, Othello tries to stab Iago with that sword and like nicks him, and uh, and Iago's like, "I'm still alive," and he's like, "Good, I want you to live and fucking suffer through this." Which shit. he clearly didn't. He's just trying to. Uh, I, honestly, you know what that made me think of? Hmm. Because the line after that, Othello says like. Like, I want you to live, like, you know, like, like to be dead would be like an escape from this. 
And I'm like, that's like the fifth play we've watched of Shakespeare where a character envies the dead. Mm-hmm. With Titus, I thought about that Romeo, too. With Titus, yeah. With like, like, like that, it keeps coming up. Like, like with Hamlet, like with, like mm-hmm. there is, there's like a, like, like it's like Shakespeare is like weary of the complexity and the drama mm. and the and the injustice that he probably witnesses or perceives in All this life. And to be dead may be dead, but it's like beautifully simple. <sighs> Like that seems to be the sentiment that he keeps having these characters say throughout the plays. Mm-hmm. So that's fucking morbid. Uh, but I mean, it's it's a prevalent enough feeling that people can like em- empathize with it. Yeah. Especially people in situations like Othello's in. Right. Um, so that happens. And then Othello like has the, <laughs> the sword again. Yeah. And then like uh, Iago says that like I ain't saying shit else. Like fuck y'all. And then everybody's like, what are we going to do now? And then Othello has like this really long, really like calm. I've I've have seen it. I've seen it like played bigger than this. But Othello seems to have been resolved in his suicidal intentions, and now just wanting to have like a last speech before he dies. And he has like you know I remember when I fucking like I don't I don't know what this speech is supposed to mean, but I think he is calling himself like a piece of shit i think tell, tell me if i'm you t- wrong so you're talking about othello othello's last speech he's like i remember when i was fighting the enemy no what, he, what and he's I actually found saying a dog or some shit and it's like and i smote him thus and then he kills himself like what is he saying there so basically what he's saying so the first part of that speech is him being like you're inevitably going to write home about this you're going to tell other people what you saw here and what i did um when you do say, like you know say what i did wrong but don't exaggerate it based on, you know, your preconceived notions of me or based on hatred. Tell them plainly what I did. I don't want you to embellish it, mm. you know, based, and, and I think the implication is based on you being racist. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the implication. It's like, tell them what happened. Don't just, don't like add to it and be ridiculous. Yeah, you know, that's funny. Yeah. And then, um, that guilty sorry <laughs> and then um the other so then the other I'm so thing immature <laughs> <laughs> it's okay you're allowed um then the other thing he says is uh so the the thing he's saying is uh i like if they ask what happened here tell them i took the the dog and smote him thus like i killed yeah, my like yeah, the, he, the bad person that that he, he that you're talking about. The thing you can say of me that's good is that I killed him. Yes, he. Um, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I misinterpreted that. I wasn't following the language throughout that entire speech, but mm-hmm. that makes sense what you're saying. And now that you're saying it, I remember it. Yeah, yeah. He does from the moment that all the senators come in and shit. He starts speaking of himself in the third person, mm-hmm. and you're like, "Where Othello? What'd you do?" He's like. The person who was Othello, I'm him. Yeah. Like, 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 like he considers himself not to be that person anymore. That so he, yeah. and he, and he references it twice. The second time being the time you're talking about. Mm-hmm. He's like, and I smote him thus. And so, here's the second big fucking miss that this play did. And like, I'm not a doctor, but here let me just talk about this like he he has this big ass ceremonial sword and i'm like i'm just assuming he's gonna just like and it's like it's long it's like it's longer than the than the length of his arm so to stab yourself with it might be a little awkward to try to like you know 
pull the hilt and then the, have the sword be like too long to like Get be longer than the distance from the, your arm to your stomach. Uh-huh. But uh, so they decided <laughs> to go the route of him pulling out like a little flip out knife, like it, a little. It's basically an exacto knife. Like, like a it's li- around that size. It's a little. It's probably about two inches. And he just flips it out like it's like it's like you'd you'd uh, like with the one you like a pocket knife you plug yeah. it. It's like a mean looking pocket knife like a military person might use, but it's it's not gonna kill you just by stabbing yourself once. Mm-hmm. So he stabs himself with this little knife. It's like like the size of your like you know your pointer finger. And he's like not even. He's like and I smote him thus. No, it's about that size. It's like it's like it's about that. He's like oh. and I and I and I sm- but even that I smote him thus. And he like he goes. He stabs himself with it. I'm like, me, me and you both cringe. I'm like, you'd have to be like. I said you should drag it. You did say you should drag it. But I mean, like, he didn't drag it. He just stabs himself one time with it. And I'm like, I mean, I guess you could you could hit your liver. You could hit your kid. You can hit a vital organ and cause yourself some real problems with that. But you're not going to die in a couple of minutes from yeah. that. Like, you, like you're... <laughs> <laughs> and we're just like we're like we're, I, I thought he was gonna drag it across himself too yeah. like you know like maybe open up his abdomen like like it's so like not expecting guts to fly out like it's a zombie movie but if we're supposed to suspend disbelief and believe somebody killed themselves like I would have rather him taken a big sword and just put it in between his armpit yeah and called it good than <laughs> that little ass knife that and he died and crawled in the bed in like thirty seconds and I'm like oh you. No, he's, no. He's, he's, you're not dead. So that was unfortunate because that's a big moment and and you need everything to go right for that moment to work. Yeah. And it almost did. But that really is, is a little cringy. Mm-hmm. And so that's those are two unfortunate missteps, I think, in the blast, like, like, like touchdown run of that play. Yeah. But besides that, everything that was so good, that was completely forgivable. Yeah, I think, uh, and this is not to make an excuse for it, as, as it's all not to be made an excuse for it, but uh, <laughs> I, uh, I think that, you know, this play is very long, and my guess is they, you know, really hammered out scene by scene, and the last scene might have gotten the least attention. I think maybe. I think it's very possible. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, al- yeah, the allocation of time and resources and, like, you know, energy for that stuff is it's hard. probably, yeah, just, like, just getting it off on its feet is probably super hard. Oh my god! But yeah, it sounds close to an excuse, but I'll, I'll let it it's pass. Not. I'll let it pass this time. But anyway, uh, yeah, this it was, it was still really fucking good. Like, I, what, I, if, what if I said <laughs> did that? Do better. <laughs> is, that, is that more helpful? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. it was really good. You're right. Sorry. I mean, like, I don't think I, I have never seen a better production of Othello than this. No, and, same. And I still find myself feeling just as uncomfortable as I did with the other ones. So I would say more uncomfortable. I, I feel more uncomfortable. I'm, I, yeah, I have a higher resolution and I'm just like more worried that it didn't shift anything. I'm like, I thought once I understood this play better, it would be like, oh, n- just like it's happened with other plays. Like I didn't get Romeo and Juliet for the longest time. I saw a really good production and I'm like, I feel like I can like, you know, I'm on board now. I can yeah. see what's happening. I can fill in the gaps where it did, where it didn't like crystallize it perfectly, but like, I get where it's going. The constellation is clear enough for me to see the picture. Yeah. This thing, Othello is like, what the fuck? Hmm. Why? Why do we tell the story? Why? What is useful and to be, what wisdom is, can be draw from this? What mirror is holding up to society? What are we trying to say? Is it racist? Is it not? Is it, is it relevant? I, I, it's, 
is it just there to make me uncomfortable for no reason? Like I, 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 I it stands alone. It stands almost alone in stories that I, I, I mean, that I find technically proficient and like good. Like I, I'm like, I'm like, this is clearly a work of art, and it takes a lot of talent to pull this off. But yet, I can't derive anything that I consider value, like clearly valuable or 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 like wise or or even like that entertaining from it like i like i i i i'm struggling i'm really struggling to to find something that i like about the play in and of itself not the execution of it but like the overall like i or or that i find to ring true there's things like i i don't it's almost a lot of things but not quite anything that i can see i feel you i uh i agree with all of that i agree with all of those questions and me with my role on this podcast i want to answer them all and i don't know the answers to any of them i have I no answers and like and we were talking about this before we were like deciding should we record this now should we like you know look at some more scholarly articles or something and you know i think this is just good because it's our honest reaction of like I don't know any of those answers. Yeah, and that's and and that's I think we were trying, we got to came to the conclusion that's just, that's conceded this podcast like we want the mean I mean we need to, to to decide or not need to decide but like are asking the question of like how how does armed it us? do you need to yeah. be just to understand something one of these productions like does it need like I think we believe you should like a lot of them already do exist in such a way that they that they are relevant in today's world and where they don't, we think they, you know, should take the, 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 the tweaks and the, and the key turns in order to, to just like have the lens of, uh, of, of a slightly more modern perspective to like, you know, say what the, what they think the, the point of the play is without having to stay true to all the very specific, specific nuts and bolts. Mm-hmm. And this one, even if you do, even if you do update it enough, even if you do like make all these people have motivations and 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 circumstances that make sense of that of what they did, the the more obtuse and broad point still is like elusive exactly. and uncomfortable for no apparent reason to me. Yeah. So I'm open to the possibility that I'm just missing it, but man, I'm missing it by a mile. Mm-hmm. So. Man, this is a heavy episode. But I, uh, I feel heavy. <laughs> Man, thank God we got through so- that last scene with some levity because I don't, I don't know how I would have gotten through it. It's, it, it's just, it's, it's rough. It's a, it's rough. Um, I, I'm gonna leave this as an open book for now in my ma- mind of like, yeah. I, I wanna, I want to be convinced. I want to have someone say to me like, this is why we do this play, and if we re- approach it from this direction it'll make total sense mm-hmm. and like it'll bring to light some truths about humanity that we need to be talking about or something. Yeah. But I don't quite know what that is right now. <laughs> 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 this is, I feel like this is my job. I feel, I feel a little bit like, you know, not, not like I failed, but cause I'm being honest, but I, and I think that's the long, longer term striving, but I, I do feel like I'm like, Hmm. Yes, like the opposite of taming of the truth is true. You went into it thinking, yes. thinking you didn't like it, and coming out loving it, and you went to this one thinking you liked it, and you're like, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know anymore. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, we're, we're I, I, I'm not sorry, but I, I do wish it was it was a little bit we like, like I feel like we just went on an expedition 
and like happen to not come back with anything this time. Yeah. But like that's always the risk with 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 the pursuit of discovery. You might not discover anything. Yeah. So we're trying to it's not, about the journey. We're trying to not lie to ourselves yeah. to tell us that tell ourselves that we like it. Like I feel like that's easy to do with Shakespeare. Just be like, oh, it's so groundbreaking. It's so relevant. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I definitely don't. I, feel, I would never want to say any of these plays are groundbreaking or relevant or that I like them without it being true. Yeah. And I, hey, maybe this is about us proving to ourselves, me specifically, that. <laughs> We don't have to like every Shakespeare play or that we don't have to understand every Shakespeare play on the 15th crack, you know? For sure. I I think, Mm. honestly, honestly, I think that in itself is, creates like, that's the utility of like this conversation. I think Mm -hmm. that's, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have these conversations. I just don't, I feel like I, I, it's not like openly expressed in the, in the public space enough that. I don't have to fucking like this play or I don't have to think this production is good. But like no. the all of the the conflict of interest and all of the pressure is there for everybody who's a part of it and who everybody was there to just be like, it's really good. Like the only people who actually express openly express this or job to express of the a poor play is like critics or like yeah. or, or when we have private conversations at right, home. Right, right. And so, we're not critics and we're just hum- humans. Yeah. So. But I mean, yeah. Again, this production was amazing. <laughs> yeah, this production was amazing. We're, I don't know if I like this play anymore. We are, we are. I'll, I'll, I think I'll speak. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm speaking for both this one. I yeah. said we are worried about this play. <laughs> that is the perfect description. We are worried about this play. Anyway, um, I think we said all that we could say. I think we're kind of just like circling around right now. Me too. But um, fuck. Uh, 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 I hope we'll 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 hit on some more 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 useful things next time. But until next time. I'm Chloe Baldwin. I'm Paul Stafford. And we hope the gap just got a little bit smaller. Arise, black vengeance from thy hollow cell. Yield up, O love, thy crown and hearted throne to tyrannous hate. Swell bosom with thy fraught, for tis of aspects tongues. Thanks for listening to Shakespeare. You can check out our website and email us your suggestions at shakeshero.com, or you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter at the handle Shakeshero. We're on Spotify and Apple Music, so please review, subscribe, and we'll catch you on the next episode.